right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Welcome. Namaste. It's Friday night, Friday the 13th. Are you guys afraid of Friday the 13th? I'm not even going to go into the details of Friday the 13th. If you want to know something about that, go look at my archives. I've done several shows on it. I did one uh, with J.D. Jeffries back four years ago now, maybe five years ago now. We did a three-hour show about Friday the 13th and the Templar Nights. So that whole thing is, is just stigmata. It's just stigma. It's just crap. It's just the Friday the 13th is not bad luck. Only if you make it so. You reap what you sow. You're in control of the matrix and your matrix. So if you believe in something, it will come to be. So if you believe that the Friday the 13th and the number 13 is unlucky, then it will be unlucky for you because you have designed that into your thinking and you're putting that out to the universe. Okay. But that's not what Friday night's about, right? Share this out, share this out, share this out. Let me go over to the chat so I can see who's here. I was too busy with the banners playing around, right? Cheryl, welcome. Welcome. Sound out in the chat there to let me know that you're here. For those of you who are out there on the MP3 broadcast, you can't do that. You can't get to the chat. You have to be live on the MP4 broadcast to have any kind of communication with moi, with myself. Okay, so Friday night, right? What are we doing Friday night? Alien interview. Cheryl, welcome. Yeah, everybody, if you're there, shout out on the on your chat, wherever you are, YouTube or Facebook. That way I know you're in the audience. If you don't say anything, I don't know you're here, can't say hello to you, right? <laughs> Reese, welcome, my brother. Welcome. So share this out, share this out. We're going to do some more of the alien interview. I apologize for being gone a couple of weeks. Had uh, technical difficulties like crazy. And then weird life things just start happening. I had to work on my van. It was weird, right? Had to, had to fix. I'm still dealing with that. My fuel system's a little clogged up, so I'm getting the uh, O2 sensors is uh, coming up. The check engine light's coming on. But I think I got that under control, and then I had to the, recharge the AC. It was getting real hot, you know? When it was getting to be 100 degrees, so I had to recharge the AC, and that was a rigmarole because I needed a part. I showed you guys that last time I was on the air earlier this week. Uh, but I'm back now. The technical difficulties uh, on this computer are okay. My uh, other computer started tripping. Uh, I've been, I play World of Warcraft, and I just uploaded uh, a bunch of uh, um, um, fixes, bug fixes, and then there's a, a, a new... Um, um, uh, a new version of it coming out soon. It's usually in August, September, somewhere around there, October. So it's coming out. So because of that, it's downloading a bunch of stuff in the background. So it was having issues. And the weird thing was, uh, I'm not sure if it went along with me, um, uh, you know, getting rid of the browser history, but uh, all of a sudden I needed to download like uh, um, a Firefox or Chrome to run StreamYard, which I'd been running on that, on that computer without either one of those before i would just go to google uh and literally from google go to Streamyard from the google um search engine and it was working fine uh so it started tripping and i'm not sure what was going on there and it might have been something to do with the reset so i'm working on the laptop <laughs> to try and figure out what i did to it with loading all this information from my video game that i play because i love world of warcraft i love playing that game and, and hunting humans in there uh when i get really if i'm really angry about something i go hunt humans because you can play player versus player so I do that when I get uh, when I all right that's it got to kill something I go in there otherwise I go in there to to you know that's me time to unwind to get away from the world I go into a different world right I'm an avatar in a different world but I have like uh, 35 different avatars to choose from probably have that many besides this one to choose from right in reality and I'll trip you out I'll talk about that on another show so okay so welcome uh, Elise didn't see you there am I saying that right thank you because you have an e at the end I'm not sure if that's Elise or Elise right um, or Elise or Elise if it had a hyphen, but it doesn't. So welcome, right? 
Uh, Jacob, welcome. Like I said, howdy, howdy. Welcome. You guys, like I said, if you don't sound out in the chats, I don't know where you're there and I don't know you're here. Share this out, share this out. Julie, welcome. Uh, so yeah, alien interviews. So if you guys are new to this, thank you. Th thank you, Elise. Um, she told me that I was pronouncing it right. <laughs> thank you. Um, so if you guys are new, right? I mean, if you read the, the description, you know what's going on, right? This is, uh, this is an interview by a nurse who was recruited to be a nurse first, uh, and then um, the you know the in case something happened to the alien, uh, and then they needed a, a trauma nurse. And then, as it turned out, this alien would not communicate with anybody, uh, didn't use the mouth, and was only used telepathy. And the only person that she had a, a, a communication with was this nurse. Uh, so after some time of the federal government, this is her claim now. The federal government claimed there was no crashed alien uh, craft. Uh, at Roswell, New Mexico, those of us who have been alien hunting, if you don't know who I am, I'm Leonard O'Neill, the owner and creator of Ancient Aliens Worldwide, the biggest group, uh, Ancient Aliens uh, group on Facebook, on the planet. Um, we almost have 200 and, uh, what do we have, almost 300,000 uh, members. We're at 179,000, 180,000 uh, members strong. Uh, and so I've been alien hunting since I was like, you know, eight or less, right? First uh, UFO I saw, I think I was younger than that. So, uh, so this has been a, a life's hobby of mine to do that. So if you if you watch my show, you'll see that there was a lot of alien talk, but then I started doing a lot more spiritual stuff in the last couple of years. Uh, but I vowed that I was going to get back to doing some more stuff on alien stuff and mixing that in. Uh, and this is one of those things because this was handed to me and it's a four hour long video that was all of this woman's information. And I found out more, pardon me. I found out more about the woman from a couple of people that I'm that I know. Uh, one one in particular that I'm in a coalition with. He he actually gave me some more information on her that um, that she was actually in Scotland and then in Ireland, uh, and that the name that she used was a synonym was not her real name was an alias, um, but the name that you hear here is the name she used when she was uh, in the. Um, Right. Oh, oh, Una, welcome Ireland. Right. Uh, there's somebody else I know in Ireland. Well, I don't know you. We haven't met, but, <laughs> but welcome. <laughs> I've been catching up on the series during the week. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for going backwards and, and listening to the to the stuff. Uh, however far back you went, that'd be great. I mean, if you went back to the beginning of the Law of One, that was you know, what, two years ago, three years ago. Um, so, uh, but if, but if you were just doing the, you know, the this one, you're only, you know, this is episode five. Uh, so, she had kept and stole a bunch of stuff that they were unaware of. Uh, allegedly, we, I don't know this for sure. However, um, the reason that I'm that I'm doing this is because from my investigation uh, in my lifetime and from what I've heard from other people all around the world, books, movies, television programs, the people who work all of that, uh, there's a lot of information that's in here that um, pertains to what I know is real. So either the person made this up by knowing all of the people that I know uh, and lied about it, which I'm getting corroboration from other people. This is why I'm actually breaking this down for you. Uh, and uh, moreover, and on top of that, if you've watched any of the episodes, you see that I'm a skeptic as to her sincerity. The pilot is a female. Her name is Errol. She goes by the name Errol. Uh, the, her sincerity and, uh, and uh, you know, just her um, motivation. Um, you know, I tend to look at things and my buddies used to call me Colonel O'Neill because on, on, um, uh, Stargate, the movie, and, and then Stargate SG one, the television program, Colonel O'Neill eventually became general O'Neill, <clears throat> general Jack O'Neill. 
And he was a skeptic uh, about the aliens. He didn't see them as some sort of powerful gods. He saw them as just thugs, just like any other dictator, just like any other drug dealer, just like any other cartel. Uh, they were just thugs. And he treated them that way, and it pissed them off, of course, and it scared our government. But he got results, so the government kind of let him go unhinged. It was his way. One of the oversight committee was there one time, and and one, one of these supposed gods showed up and said, you have 30 minutes and we're going to destroy your planet. He was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Hear it all the time. So get to the chase. What is it that you actually want? And the guy was trying to be all high and mighty. And he just said, close the iris and he cut the guy off. <laughs> right? And he's like, the guy looks at him. He's freaking out. He's the oversight guy. He's a politician. He says, should you antagonize him like that? And he said, yeah, it's kind of what I do. Yeah, that's what I do. So my attitude towards these these supposed aliens uh, who keep creating, saying, quote, quote, quote unquote, I'm your creator, God. Um, I don't buy it. I don't buy any of that. OK, I'm a very spiritual person and not because I, you know, oh, well, he's spiritual. So therefore he's uh, he's biased. Well, first of all, most people who are spiritual think I'm crazy because I believe in aliens. <laughs> right. So, so wouldn't, wouldn't that kind of nullify the idea if I were that, that crazy zealot Christian who, who, you know, then, then why would I believe in aliens? Cause I've been programmed not to by my own religion. Right. So, so there's my point. So I'm not coming from it from a standpoint, even though I am clergy, I'm not coming from it from a standpoint as a minister, uh, or, you know, I'm coming from this, from a standpoint of a human being, right. With a mind of his own, someone who thinks for himself. So, um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that she's omitting, and I think there's a lot of stuff that we can gain because even if somebody is evil and they're not telling you anything, you can gain stuff from how people say things or how they don't say things, how people uh, 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 say tell you a story, even if it's not um, the truth. You can still gain a glimpse of what's going on, and that's what I'm trying to bring out and show you guys here. Not that I don't believe that this alien existed. Not that I don't believe that this was a real um, interview by this person. I do believe that. Because of the investigations that I have done, I've heard this woman's name pop up over and over throughout the years of my life about this woman who, and it was always whispered because we couldn't get any information. Well, just before she euthanized herself, she had a doctor, she was dying and she knew she was going to. She was over in Europe, Scotland, Ireland, and it's uh, legal there. You can, you can have a doctor euthanize you and assist death. So just before she did that, she turned all of her information over, and you see that in the, in the example or in the, in the description, all the information over to this one um, reporter and he put it all together. And that's what we're playing is the video. So I don't claim to own this video. It's not monetized, right? I have some company in Korea trying to say that I'm stealing their video when they don't own it. Right. And so I, I fought that right with Facebook and, 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 you know, said, look, they don't own this. This is owned by this person who sent it. Here's the video that I have. And they don't own any party rights to it. So they tried to say, take it down. They didn't want me to put my videos up with me talking about it using their video. Right. But the person who owns it wants this information out there and is not telling me I can't do it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Debbie says, I believe in them. I believe in aliens. Right. Um, the, the source of the cosmos, Cheryl, and this, that's good. Listen, I'm going to put this on the screen and read it to you. I'm going to read it as well as having it on the screen, because those of you who are listening on the MP3 file version of this, you can't see this. Right. The source of the cosmos and everything in it, that in which we all live and have uh, and have out you know, live and have out being, I think it's supposed to be our being, this is our God, right? So I, I think I understand what you're saying there. There might've been, a, a, maybe I read that wrong. That in which we all live and have out being, this is our God. Um, 
the source, right. Okay, so you're saying the source of the cosmos and everything in it. Yes, that is our God. Agreed. It's I would I think that would be our yeah, our. There was a yeah, our, not to, so there was a typo. Not out, but our. Okay. So so that in everything that we all live and have our being, right? It, this is our God. So yes, we are a part of that. It is the collective consciousness of all. The, the the one creator is the collective consciousness of all because the, the creator is the consciousness. We are that consciousness and we have created a subconsciousness, which is what we are, right? Edgar Tolle said it best when when people said, um, what is what is the purpose? They asked him, what is the purpose of this 3D reality? What is happening here? And he said, first and foremost, it's education, right? It's an illusion, but you're here to, to have an experience and learn and eventually strive back to becoming the one by becoming separate. But over that and beyond that, what is happening here in the third dimension is that the one true creator, after creating this dimension, is now becoming conscience, conscious, is now becoming conscious in the third dimension. So this dimension was created, this density was created as an illusion in the mind to play with, to experience, and, and it's a different part of the evolution of the, of the soul, the spirit, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a necessary evolution from creation through going back to the one. And what's happening in the third dimension is, and probably all of them, is that the one creator is becoming conscious of itself and aware of itself in this density. So on top of us being uh, the creation itself, collectively, we are becoming conscious of ourselves in this place over and over and over again, I believe, as we move up in the different octaves, uh, in the different, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, however many there are, I believe the same scenario is happening there that the one true creator not only has created that as an experimental experience for itself in millions and billions and billions of different um, uh, uh, individual ideas, having completely different experiences, but the same at the same time, so that there's billions of different possibilities. Having all of that happening, it's becoming conscious in all of those, not just in the reality that's in. What does it have to do with what we're dealing with here? Well, a lot, because um, we're going to be talking about uh, a person who is talking and saying that she's coming from a place of a higher, a higher octave, which is a which is a different density, which is a thinner density, even though it's a higher octave, because your body that you have, our pain body, goes away as we don't need it anymore as we evolve. So she's coming from a place of of energy movement. That is what her state is, and and then possessing a a bio you know a doll created to work in this 3D reality, and she comes here, and so she's crossing over, and and this is what she's claiming, and she's here, but she's telling us a story of what's going on now in 3D in this density, but also what's been going on in her densities going back um, thousands, millions of years. So that's a, a really and, and it's interesting because it's all from her perspective, of course. And I'm making sure that I understand that and that you guys understand that as it goes on. All right. So I've wasted enough time, 15 minutes describing that. Let me share my screen here. And uh, we'll start the video. We're starting. We're in at one hour and 30 minutes uh, in. So that's where we're going to start. We're just under that right here. And yeah, we're let me start it. Let me go back over here. 
I have to be in that screen to start it. There we go. I backed up to that part so that you'd understand if you missed last week's episode that um, that took place. And there was a timeline of when that took place. And it's, they're talking about the old empire uh, and at that and the old empire, I believe, are the Draco because the Draco have been here for millions and millions of years. So I believe the old empire is the Draco. And um, I've heard that the Draco are working with a couple of other races uh, like the Greys uh, <clears throat> and somebody else who is not exactly nice. Some people say the the uh, Aryans, but I don't think it's them. I think it is that other tall, skinny race that they showed in Star Wars that they called them the cloners. Um, that's that's another race. If you watched uh, the 1977 movie, um, uh, uh, the, the uh, you know you have, what is it? Yeah, the third kind. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They depicted that there and that scene that is in there where they're on the big bluff up on the mountaintop, and uh, they come down. They make communication with. Uh, with the UFO, I have been told that is a real reenactment of what happened in real life. Spielberg was in the know and they were trying to, in fact, there's a doctor that's in there that was ahead of it. And he's actually in the video playing himself as the head of this research, you know, SETI. Uh, and so that, that scene was a reenactment. And in that scene, you see these tall, thin aliens that don't have a really big head um, but they're but they're uh, really tall and skinny, and they're not the the um, Aryans, right? So I believe they're one of the people that are in the old empire, that which is what the, what which is what um, Errol is calling the old empire. I think that those three, at the very least, I've heard are working together. But there's so many races out there that it's kind of hard because some people say the blue avians are really nice and others say they're not. And some people say, so it depends on who you talk to. Everybody claims, you know, the opposite of everything. It's just like everything else on the internet. All right. So let's continue this. So this is where she was talking about that and how they had gotten attacked and, uh, and the old empire didn't know about it. And they sent people to look for them. And there's, cause this is a war that's going on between her forces and the old empire that used to occupy this space that we happen to be in. All right, let's continue. I, I wasn't looking at the chat, so I just now looked. I apologize. <clears throat> I'm going to answer. I, I love this, uh, Mariel. I love your question. Do you believe that? We put it up on the screen. Do you believe that those who have been abducted are are 
are inhabited uh, by these aliens. No, some are like the greys. Uh, no, the because they can't. It's not like they can. They can't just push. They they claim that they can do that, but they can't just push a person's soul out and possess the body. So people who are abducted, they they do experiments on us, but they can't take your soul out. What they're interested in mostly is like um, what Whitley, Whitley Strieber said in uh, communion is that they're really more interested in communion uh, because of our DNA. Some people say that we have, you know, the Petri dish of seven different aliens um, that make up the human race. I would say, yeah, but it wasn't like there was seven different aliens that came down here or some crazy alien scientist who was manipulating our genes. This is the narrative that a lot of people in the, in the fringe main uh, mainstream are clinging to, and they're all being brainwashed into believing that, that we're in a prison and that, uh, and that the, you know that we were created by aliens as a slave labor race, which is a lie, and they're buying into it. So I don't deal with those people so much anymore because I don't believe that, and I'm sure they think that you know they think I'm the fringe of their fringe, right? <laughs> so, so and, and Jerome, you don't have to type in in um, capital letters if you're going to come in and troll, bro. Right. I'll, I'll read what he said. Um, but, you know, you know, you're coming in and then you're putting like 100 million smiley faces. Um, go someplace else, dude. I mean, you don't have to believe this. He says there's no such thing. Uh, there's no such thing as alien abductions. No such thing as alien spaceship uh, craft. Fake, fake, fake news. Never, ever vampire. Where do you get the fake news part from? Are you? Oh, he's calling me fake news. Never ever vampires, Bigfoot show cartoon. Uh, I don't know what the V V V V V V V V V V visitor aliens spaceship craft Hollywood producers sci-fi channel TV show. Ha 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 ha. Couple of down thumbs down. Um, you have your choice. We all have our choice. This is the third dimension where we all have our choice that we can believe in what we want to believe in. It doesn't mean that I'm necessarily right. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily wrong. We just have our own choices. And you don't agree with me. That's okay. Um, you you can believe in what you want to believe in. It's not going to change anything. That's the truth of it. So even if there isn't aliens and I'm just crazy, it's not going to change my outcome of where I end up, nor is it going to change yours. So if there is aliens and you say I'm crazy and it turns out there is aliens, that's not going to change your destiny either. You're going to go to wherever it is that you're going to go to as a good person or as an evil person. And that's what you're going to be judged on. And that has nothing to do with religion, right? That has to do with spirituality. Uh, so you can believe what you want, bro. It's okay. Um, I, I'm not going to like, you know, like get, start yelling at you because you yelled at me, dude. I mean, you didn't need to do that. That was rude. And then, you know, the hundred laughs things, that's kind of funny, right? I'm okay with that. But the, the typing and the capital letters, you know that that means you're yelling, right? Um, and that you sound stupid when you do that. Right. So even when you're typing this, everybody else that's in the crowd is going to look at that and go, oh, Jesus, he's screaming. Right. So that right there, they're just going to go, this guy, get him out of here. I'm not going to. You have your choice. You can do what you want. Um, so to get back to to Mariel, no, they don't get possessed by aliens. They can't do that. Just like Jerome and me and you and all of us, we have our own. We are. And there's no such thing. And this, this is where you'll probably agree with me, Jerome. There's no such, if you're still here, if you didn't already leave, uh, there's there's no such thing as is possession like that. I don't believe that there is. If you want to be possessed, then you have to invite something or someone to possess you. And um, there is no the demonic possession the way that they talk about. No, no, that is true. There's just, well, there is, but it's not in the way that they get taken over. You had no choice. And that the devil came and got you. And the devil's inside you. And I am, you know, whatever. I am Lucifer. I am Legion. You know what I mean? 
Uh, right. I mean, you know, and Debbie, that's the, if, if you, you know, if Jerome has never witnessed anything like that, she said, I saw a UFO on the 4th of July, right above my, uh, my head real close and quiet. I was watching here and I posted this uh, on Facebook on in ancient aliens worldwide. I was watching the news here, local news channel in Sacramento, California. And, um, they were showing a time-lapse video lapse video of one of the many fires. We have like six or seven still burning up here, uh, not to mention, you know, down south in, in, in Southern California. And they were showing a time-lapse video of the smoke, and I was watching it, and all of a sudden something caught my eye. And I said, wait, what was that? And I rewound it, and I'm very, I'm very good at catching things that happen very quickly. Um, and I don't know why I've always been good at that. People, other people won't see it. And there's another one. I'll give you the example. And I have the pictures for both and they're both posted. And if they're not, I'll, I'll send them to you. Um, so I, I saw a picture or something and it was in the smoke and it was one frame. I had to keep rewinding and, and then going frame by frame. And there was one frame where the smoke opened up and there was something there. And it looked like it was a stealth fighter. It was in the shape of a stealth fighter and it was uh, black, just like the stealth fighter. Um, but I could, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't, uh, um, um, perfectly clear because it was, it was a distance away. It was small on the screen, even though I have a very large, uh, screen television, it was still small, uh, because it was miles away and I had zoomed in with my phone and took several pictures of it, several four or five or six photos. And I posted it. Uh, and I have no idea what it was, what it was. It was not something that was, that was not really there or a shadow. This is, you have to also understand guys that in my past of looking for UFOs, uh, I actually went to work professionally working for frame shops and and for, uh, companies to authenticate um, actual photos and images and videos. And that's what I did for a living, right? For like six or seven years, that's what I did for a living was authenticate. And, I've, and I used those skills prior to and since then. And that's why when I started in 2012, when I started Ancient Aliens Worldwide, that's what we did was we took every photo, everything that was on the air, every video, every audio tape, everything that we had that we had could find. And we went through with a fine tooth comb to discredit most of it. 99.9% .9 of everything we've ever looked at, we've said, no, that's bunk. But then there's some things that we look at and we say, well, that's kind of compelling. It's something, but it's not. I don't know what it is, but it's something. And there was what looked like could have been uh, an alien spaceship. I don't know. I mean, I would say, Jerome, if you're still around, I would say go and look up on YouTube, on, on YouTube Google the, the Tic Tac and watch the videos from that are been released by the U.S. military and the Navy, the Department of Navy, um, where our uh, pilots were flying and something was in the air and they were sent to go and look for it. And they called it the Tic Tac because it was shaped like a Tic Tac, but really big. And it was defying all um, gravity and all, all sense of, of physics. And they actually were able to track it on their computer in real time and actually lock up. One guy got a lock on it, so he could have actually fired at it. And the, you can play the videos or you can just watch the, the audio. You you watch all of that and then tell me that UFOs don't exist and that it's just made up. Because these guys, it wasn't like they filmed this, created it, and then put it out for the population. I mean, you if you want to, you can believe that. You can go down that road and you probably believe the Earth is flat. You probably believe that we never flown in space and we were never on the moon. If that's the case, it's your choice. And, you know, like I said, don't come here and heckle me. Go somewhere else, man. Do something else with your time besides thinking that what you're going to say is going to sway anybody in this crowd by coming in here and heckling, right? I mean, come on, dude. We don't care what you have to say. We have our own beliefs. So if you want to come in here and scream and scream and scream, the only thing that's going to happen is eventually I'm going to kick you out, right? Because you're going to be a nuisance then. And if that's funny to you, then that's your life. You go around and troll people just to get kicked out of everywhere. And then no one remembers your name, right? They just kick you out. Who is that guy? I don't know. Don't care. Okay.
So uh, Una says, Leonard, do you believe this is a planet? That's a good question. I'm going to put this up on the screen. Leonard, do you believe this is a uh, this believe this is a planet of free will? And, and does Ariel come from a place of free will? Yes, I believe this is a planet of free will. All planets are free will. And I believe that she also comes from a place of free will. Everywhere, it doesn't matter where you go, even if this is um, uh, is a uh, penal colony, right? Even if it was, and some people say it's, it was always a penal colony and it was set up that way, uh, and they just keep adding people to it, and it's all of us that are co like really creative and we think for ourselves, and which is what we would do, right? We, we did that in Australia, right? It's what we do. So uh, we would create and have created a penal colony just like this, and they're recreating Australia right now as a penal colony, locking everybody down and, and having military troops keeping everyone in their houses. So, yes, I do believe that she came from a place of free will. Um, I don't believe that the government she works for is good. I believe they're evil. And the question of whether she is good or evil is still sort of on the fence. I think she's not um, in service to others. I think she's in service to self. Okay. So uh, let's continue with this. And, and Jerome, if you're still here, man, hey, pay attention, right? If you're not, I mean, I'm sorry that you left. Um, but, you know, if you're, you're still here and that's all you want to do is troll, that'll just get you kicked out. Learn something. Um, you know, go somewhere else and learn something. Don't just, you know, what you clicked on here just so that you can come in here and yell like that. No one cares about that, bro. But I'll leave it up for you. All right, here we go. There's your there's your, your claim of fame. I trolled Orion Rising. Woohoo! Now, I want to explain here what they're talking about, a takeover, but this is a walk-in. This is what we call a walk-in. It's not an actual hostile takeover the way they kind of frame it, right? And there is a difference. So I said that nobody gets, that nobody, you have to invite someone in. It, from my understanding, like um, Abraham Lincoln was a, a walk-in. And he, his soul that was in his body knew that he was supposed to strive to become the president, but he was really super tired. He'd been here for a long time, and he just didn't want to go through all the hassle of what was going to stress and everything that was going to happen. So a different, another soul who heard the call here asked the council if they could go to him or he could go to him or it could go to him and offer him to be able to leave early and not lose any, anything from his contract and that he would continue on for him. Now, this officer that they went into was in the same situation. And this guy came in because he was doing reconnaissance and it, it you know, she makes it sound like literally, you know, this purpose of takeover um, because you have to understand that she's trying to paint herself and anybody that is with her as a superior to us. We could just come in and take you over whenever we want, but she didn't do that. You see, she stayed in her little body and didn't like prove that by going watch and then took over somebody in say the gallery or the nurse and made her do stuff that she wouldn't normally do. She didn't have, there's no proof. She just says that. Right. So, so I just wanted to preface that because I did say just prior to that, knowing we were going to get here because I've already read all this, knowing that we were going to get here. I wanted to explain that, that this is more of, this is a walk-in, not a takeover. A takeover is a possession 
and that's that's actually not not what happens. That's not how it happens. You can't just be taken out of your body. Your body, you're tethered to it. Anybody who does any astral projection knows that. You stay out too long and your body pulls it back. That's the way the universe works. There are laws in the universe. If you guys listen to any of my Law of One shows that went on for almost three years, that you know that there are certain laws that that govern the universe and you know, and hostile takeovers are not that because if that were the case, you would have like evil people coming here to invade Earth and they would be hostily taking over everybody and pushing their soul out to where? Where is their soul going to go now? Right. Is it going to recycle somewhere else? Well, I mean, that wouldn't matter. So you would have this whole place. If some of evils here, they're going to call their evil friends. Come over here and take everybody over. And they're just going to possess everyone and pull all their bodies out. Obviously, if you could do that, that's what would be happening. Do you see? Because I would do that, wouldn't you? If you could, then you would, right? But they can't, so they don't, right? So that's the, the whole purpose of that. But she's trying to make them paint themselves again to be the superior race. Okay, hold on. Reese, you said that it's not playing there. You don't hear it in the audio. Uh, try refreshing your screen then. Does anybody else have saying that the audio is off? The sound is off on audio. Oh, meaning the that the sound is not right or the sound is not working. When I is it is it my sound or is it the sound on the video? Okay, so for what for whatever reason the video uh, just went off, the audio of the video just stopped. What is that? <laughs> well, that's horseshit. Let me stop sharing my screen. And I'll start sharing it again, and we'll see. That's crazy. It was working for a while, but I kept pausing it too much. Maybe I muted it somewhere over there. Hold on, let me reshare the screen here. Uh, see if we can get it sound back. Not sure what's going on there. Sometimes if I don't have the screen, the sound will will not work. Right. So the sound is at 100%. Let me know if you can hear that. Okay, let me know if you can hear any of that just then that I just played. It was short, I know. But let me know if you can hear that. I don't know why the audio was tripping. Okay, so you're getting everything just fine. All right, so those of you who, who aren't, try refreshing. Now the sound is good. Now you sound. Now I sound like a robot. I don't think I have any problems with my um, my Wi-Fi right now. It could be that I'm moving the microphone. Sometimes that trips the microphone out. Let me mute my microphone. Unmute. All right, can you guys hear me? So Cheryl says no. You meaning you still can't hear the the audio from the well right now there's no audio playing. When I'm speaking, I have the audio turned off and it's paused, right? Okay, so that's weird.
so everything's fine with you, Meryl, right? Or, or Muriel, everything's fine with you. So it's weird. So some of you guys out there are having a problem with my audio and others are not. So I don't know where you guys are in the world, uh, but it might be something that's happening nearby you then, because it seems like, um, right. Okay. So Cheryl can hear me, but not the video. You hear me breathing when it's playing. Okay, so that means that it's not playing through the sound. It's playing through my microphone. Right? So some of you are hearing it, but Muriel, Muriel keeps saying she's got everything coming through fine. Right? Okay, so I'm fine, but the video's off, Debbie says. All right, so maybe we'll have to just call it and not do the video today, and I'll just talk, and maybe I'll read it. Uh, instead, because uh, I don't know why it's playing weird, right? That's bizarre. It, but it also might be if I'm not on that screen, I found that when I'm not on the screen that, that it's playing on. Oops, I didn't want to do that. Let me do this and see if that messes with it and then I'll try it again Okay, tell me how that was. Are you guys still hearing just me breathing when that happens? Because if so, then it's for some reason the microphone didn't share again, and it's coming through. You're hearing it through my microphone by my face. So now you're hearing me breathe because I'm sitting right in front of it. <laughs> so let me know how that went right there, that little segment. I'll play it again. I'm going to play it a little bit more here, and I'll be quiet, and we'll hear what you hear, see what you guys hear. Okay, so what I'm going to do then is I'm going to stop sharing my screen and then reshare it uh, because I don't need this to open. That's part of my problem. Okay, so I'll reshare it. Okay, so let me read. I'm going to reshare the file now instead of the way I had it opened there. I just need to find it. I had, I had pulled it up earlier and opened it so that, uh, and that's what I was sharing. So now I'm going to actually load the file instead of um, having it already open in a different screen and then sharing that screen. I'm going to open it in the, in StreamYard. Okay. I just have to locate it. Here it is. And then I'll have to fast forward it. So now I'm loading it a different way to share it. So now I'm actually loading it industry yard instead of opening it with um with my um, browser you know my whatever it is that you the, the that the windows uses you know to to play it okay so let me now fast forward 
the throng of scientists okay, and so agents tell me now who if you observed us through the one-way glass of our interview room, whom Errol and I now referred to as the gallery, were growing increasingly impatient to ask her questions. But Errol continued to refuse to allow any questions. Okay, to so be let me get back to where we were then. Thank you, Reese. Anyone Anybody else have myself, any issues? Let me even know. vicariously through willing or able to submit to mindless economic, political, and religious servitude as a tax-paying worker in the classic name given to the conquered civilization by the domain forces. That okay, so I backed up a couple of minutes of and hypnotized to a race. You can imagine there, I'm going to start at 129.33, so we'll back a few minutes. Losing such a large force okay, of so I know for, for next so time, guys, other that, let me pause this so I can talk to you. Them. I know that for next time, I don't load it in the extra window and share it. I just load it into StreamYard, and it works better. Okay, so let's continue. We're back away, so I'm going to let it play now, okay? And we'll get caught up to where we were. We're a couple minutes behind where we were, so let me. I can't, it's really hard to tune it in from the controls now on the dashboard. It was easier to, to, to move it like a, you know, I could move it two or three seconds ahead. The other way, this way, it doesn't work right. So let me play it, and I'll be quiet, and then we'll get back to where we were, okay? Those crews were also attacked. The captured ISBs from the domain forces were handled in the same fashion as all other ISBs who have been sent to Earth. They were each given amnesia, had their memories replaced with false pictures and hypnotic commands, and sent to Earth to inhabit biological bodies. They are still a part of the human population today. After a very persistent and extensive investigation into the loss of their crews, the Domain discovered that Old World Empire has been operating a very extensive and very carefully hidden base of operations in this part of the galaxy for millions of years. No one knows exactly how long. Eventually, the spacecraft of the Old Empire forces and the Domain engaged each other in open combat in the space of the solar system. According to Errol, there was a running battle between the Old Empire forces and the Domain until about 1235 A.D. when the Domain forces finally destroyed the last of the spacecraft of the Old Empire force in this area. The Domain Expeditionary Force lost many of its own ships in this area during that time also. About a thousand years later, the old Empire base was discovered by accident in the spring of 1914 A.D. About a thousand years later, the old Empire base was discovered by accident in the spring of 1914 A.D. The discovery was made when the body of the Archduke of Austria was taken over by an officer of the Domain Expeditionary Force. This officer, who was stationed in the asteroid belt, was sent to Earth on a routine mission to gather reconnaissance. The purpose of this takeover was to use the body as a disguise through which to infiltrate human society in order to gather information about current events on Earth. The officer, as an ISB, having greater power than the being inhabiting the body of the Archduke, simply pushed the being out and took over control of the body. However, this officer did not realize how much the Habsburgs were hated by feuding factions in the country, so he was caught off guard when the body of the Archduke was assassinated by the Bosnian student. The officer, or ISBI, was suddenly knocked out of the body when it was shot by the assassin. Disoriented, the ISBI inadvertently penetrated one of the amnesia force screens and was captured. Eventually, the domain discovered that a wide area of space is monitored by an electronic force. 
I also want to point out really quickly on your screen, those of you who can see this, if you see that blue arc in the sky and then you see the that one star that's also giving off a glint of light that's going um, a straight up, that, that was done by design, I'm sure, by whoever did this photo because that actually depicts as above, so below. Right. It, it's also if you look at uh, the um, NASA sy uh, symbol, uh, it's on there. And if you look at the Air Force of the United States of America symbol, it's on there as well. Right. So that was done on purpose. Whoever did that drew that line in those stars. Uh, and this wasn't just a picture that they got from space that had that happening. Uh, this was somebody did this on purpose. And that symbology, if you know anything about me, you know that I've studied that because that you have to when you're studying ancient ruins or ancient um, artifacts or, or, or glyphs or whatever, uh, because the only way that you're going to find out what was going on in the past is to understand the writing uh, of the pictorial writing or the symbolism of what they were trying to tell you in the pictures. So you end up studying that, right? And Stephen Meads is one who's, who's really, really good at that. And I love having conversations with him when he, uh, when he uh, is talking about that stuff, because that's what he does too, right? So I just want to point that out because uh, I never really paid attention too much to these photos while they were playing. I was always just kind of letting it happen. And I just wanted, this one came up before earlier when we were trying to get the sound and I paused it and went, that's as above, so below, right? So that's crazy. All right, let's continue here. And it's actually as below, so above, but you'll have to watch one of my shows to figure out why I said that. Field, which controls all of the ISBs in this end of the galaxy, including Earth. The electronic force screen is designed to detect ISBs and prevent them from leaving the area. If an ISB... Now, if you're new to this and you guys just showed up today and you haven't heard any of this before, ISB is her reference, uh, the only reference that she could figure out to what we are as a soul uh, inside of a body. Okay. And they, she explains that early on. So if you've watched the other episodes that I've done, the other four episodes that I've done of this, you see that explanation that is B means the soul, your soul, your, not your body, not your personality in this 3D reality, but the soul that occupies it. B attempts to penetrate the force screen. It captures them in a kind of electronic net. The result is that the captured ISBI is subjected to very severe brainwashing treatment, which erases the memory of the ISBI. This process uses a tremendous electrical shock, just like the Earth psychiatrists use electrical shock therapy to erase the memory and personality of a patient and to make them more cooperative. On Earth, this therapy uses only a few hundred volts of electricity. However, the electrical voltage used by the old Empire operation Thank you guys for you guys. Those of you on MP3, you can't see Cheryl said, I'm grateful for your study uh, skills. And, and uh, Dennis said, I'm happy that you've continued this. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I was gone for a couple of weeks and you know, we talked off air. I was chewing at the bit to get back on here. Right. <laughs> this is good stuff. Right. All right. So here we go. Against ISBs is on the order of magnitude of billions of volts. This tremendous shock completely wipes out all the memory of the ISBE. The memory eraser is not just for one life or one body. It wipes out all the accumulated experiences of a nearly infinite past, as well as the identity of the ISB. The shock was intended to make it impossible for the ISB to remember. Oh, that, see, this is good. I'm going to put this on the screen, right? Slaves detach. Yes. No, this is good. This is like this, this type of, of genre reminds me of raw, the raw material. I just did that. Uh, for uh, almost three years, two two years, eight months, I did the raw material, uh, literally from episode one or session one to session 106. Uh, so, you know, Federation 
forced uh, 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 quarantine, right? Uh, encapsulating the earth. Um, you know, and well, see, that's what uh, that's what Rob was warning about and talking about that that there was this quarantine of earth because of right. So it does. It reminds you, and this is the same thing. So this is why I wanted to play this. You, this is perfect that you that you brought that up. This is why I wanted to play this and get into this because it is the same thing. Basically, she's claiming this this alien that the the human race is uh, under quarantine, locked down, or a penal colony, or both. Right. And I believe that even if we hadn't uh, been, say, uh, a penal colony from the beginning in a Petri dish, we ended up a penal colony because if you listen to all the other stories, the powers that should not be basically turned us into a penal colony. Right. I mean, look what's going on right now on the earth where the powers that should not be are trying to turn every single city and state and government into a, a penal colony. Right. That's what's happening. Look at Australia. Look where, look where they went with the quarantine. They literally have guards outside every single person's house now. And they have a quarantine field. You can't go outside. You can't talk to your neighbors. And you have to go through a tent they set up in your front yard to get in or out to make sure you're sterilized and wearing your shit. How long before they try that in America? I don't want to talk about that. It's politics. But it does. You're right. <laughs> Slaves detach. You are absolutely right. Right. So does this force field affect souls when people pass through Una is having this? I'm going to put this up on the screen. Uh, so does this force field uh, affect people, affect souls when people pass on? Does it stop the souls leaving the area or galaxy? Yes, that's what they claim. Um, I've heard that from not just here on this video. I've heard that from many other people. Uh, you can listen to uh, a lot of the guys that are out there talking now. And they talk about that, that there is set up by the Draco. And this is what this corroborates, that there are these duck blinds, basically. It's a it's an area that there's a force shield that you can't see. And when you leave this body, you you go to start to ascend to you leave the earth and you start to go to the next level. And but before you can get outside of the Earth's, you know, um, solar system, you run into one of these screens and they zap you with a like, you know, a, a couple of, you know, 1.21 gig, gigawatts of electricity. That's a lightning bolt. Um, that's the, if I ever go watch Back to the Future, 1.21 gigawatts. What was that crazy, Einstein? Anyway, so they zap your soul and it, and it erases your, your mind. It erases the soul's memory. And then they give you a new memory. Oh, you just got here and you need to go back and help and, and quick. And then they recycle you. So that's one of the theories that are out there. Right. And that this is the Draco that have set that up. And so this interview from 47 corroborates that. But this didn't hit the world market until 2007 at the earliest in 2017 at the latest. And I'm not sure which I haven't been able to discern exactly when that was yet uh, to give you guys the actual. However, um, that's sort of what, you know, and even if you look at like um, Slaves Detached was saying with the raw material, and that basically the powers that should not be on the earth hijacked us and made us a penal colony. And they're trading us, our the human part of us, as slave labor or food or whatever for technology. And that's another theory. I don't know if any of these are true, right? But everything keeps kind of pointing back to these similar theories. Now, are these all again? Now, I, I want to bring this up, right? So because the because of what you guys just said. All of this goes back to, is this just another part of a gaslight? 
Okay. So I'm glad that you guys asked the questions you just asked. I know it's not me playing the video so much, but that's not what this video, me playing the video is not about um, of disclosure about aliens for those of you that are out there. If that's what you want, I'm saying that right now when I start to play the video, I believe this video is real. I believe that it's a very good possibility because of the stuff that I know that this conversation really happened. Now, my point of this discussion and doing this video and talking about it is my point is to try and help break down, like I did with the law of one, whether or not this information is valid, whether or not it is something to be worried about, or whether or not it is propaganda in and of itself, again, driven by those people who understand how the matrix works. If you are told a thing over and over and over and over and over again by people that you find credible, you'll tend to start believing what they say. Just like with your parents, if they tell you you're stupid and you can't do that and you'll never amount to anything, you start to believe that. On the other hand, if they say you could be a king, you could do anything that you want your entire life, they give you positive affirmation, you're going to have more confidence in your life and you're going to do things and become more, more um, uh, uh, wealthier or, or more successful. This we know, right? And yes, Kevin, Kevin says it's a psychological force, right? Agreed. So, so the so what's what's happening with this video and other narratives that are being driven? Zachariah Stitchin with his his interpretation of the scroll of the scrolls, saying that we were uh, you know in, uh, created by a, a, a slave labor race to to mine gold. When if that's the case, why is gold so precious when it's everywhere? Right? It's not. Diamonds are so precious; they're everywhere. It's not because other other people, other beings, would be here to mine that shit out. We would be slaves. There'd be people here constantly coming down, wanting a their cut and, and enslaving us and, and making their presence known as a military force because that's what you do when you dominate someone. Right? So, so, so a slave detached said, thanks, prison, cool concept. I also have theory, earth, planet, holy to the, uh, holy to the aliens. The logos mentioned in raw material is actually an incarnate being living on planet earth therefore quarantine protects us that's a good that's a good theory we should talk about that later right i mean <laughs> i should talk that's a good theory um i don't know i i don't you know i can't say that i agree with it or disagree with it because it's compelling right it is it's compelling because of what i know you obviously have read the, the raw material because i know what you're talking about <laughs> i know what you know right so uh, yeah, so the you know the quarantine would be protecting us in that respect. In that theory of what the raw material said was that you know keeping other races from coming here, and that's what that's what slave detached is referring to here, keeping other races from coming here, so you wouldn't have the races being able to get here to mine the shit because they put a quarantine and they're stopping them from coming here. <clears throat> So that doesn't rule that other theory out, right? So I agree with you. Uh, and, and But we, that's what we have to choose to figure out whether or not we want to believe, which one of those, right? So I see the protection part, agreed. I see the protection part of the quarantine as something uh, that I would tend to believe more than we're a slave labor race created by aliens and well, to, you know, to be their slaves. And then you have, I know there's seven races that show up and say, I'm your, uh, ra I'm your creator race. Really? Cause uh, we were created by like all of you. So all seven of you guys got together and stood there on the table and, and took a little piece of your own DNA and said, one, two, three in, and you all put it in, right? Is that what happened? You all jammed in, press the button all at once. 
right? So you were all standing around the peach tree dish and went, yay. And then you, then you said all through all seven of you did everything together and worked all the controls together with your mind to make it happen. And, and so you guys are so superior uh, that you can't even come back now. And when you do, you have to come back and tell us in scrolls. So you're so superior that you guys recreated us with your minds, with your powers, and you're so, uh, so much more advanced than us, but all of a sudden you can no longer like the God of this planet can no longer can be communicate with anybody here. And it's all about free will and belief. I find that strange because that harkens back to the same story from before, right? That we have free will and that we are part of, and if not the creator itself, right? And that's what happens if you, if you go down this rabbit hole, you'll end up there. And all these other stories that creators created by aliens is crock, right? It's, it's more feasible that we created ourselves than if some alien race is hopping around the universe, finding planets that could sustain life and diving down there and creating a life, not, not terraforming it for their own selves. We want to create this and then we want to sit back, but nobody is saying that. I'm the one who created everybody. And I just sit back and watch. I don't hear of any of those races. Everybody who's in the 3D that's here are always conquering races, right? And the ones that are not are protecting in service to others and in service to self. So it still comes, harkens back to what's happening here in the 3D. That tells me that no matter where we go, it's the same, right? The difference is the higher up the the, uh, the octaves you go, the less and less you become competitive because eventually you give over. Your ego is here is where your ego is supposed to die. But from what I'm gathering, there's still ego in the fourth and the fifth and maybe even halfway through the sixth. And that's because evil still exists, right? Right. Okay. So let's put this up here. Cheryl put this up here. Right. And I don't know if I'm saying that right. Russian, Russian Malone. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Forgive me if I'm not. Right. Um, has evidence of our government in agreement with aliens from Orion are guilty of genocide. A star map matching death march in Germany and also uh, uh, dumbs in the US D U M B S. Well, you know, with periods D period, U period, M period, uh, uh, B period in the US. <clears throat> and and, see, and I agree with that, Cheryl. You know that, right? I agree with that because the the uh, if you look at what Raw said in the Law of One, sorry, my phone just thought I was activating it, uh, <laughs> right? Because I said the word okay, <laughs> so my phone I said it too fast and my phone turned on, right? So yeah, right. So the, um, <laughs> Melissa says sorry, I was learning about pipeline three. Uh, welcome, Melissa. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with what, what you guys are saying that, you know, that, well, I call my show Orion Rising. There's a reason for that, right? Some of you who know that know, know that that's why. And if you don't, it's because I, I do believe that there is that evil group from Orion who is here and they're not here in 3D. They're here in 4 and 5D and they are trying to take over this planet. And they're starting in the 3D because we're the ones that are mind wiped. Right. The people in 4D and the people in 5D are not mind wiped. We are. So they're starting here as they're trying to take us over there. If they can get a hold of the planet, the entire species in 3D, that changes the 4D reality that's here. Do you understand? This is part of the temporal war where a lot of people get lost in this. This is part of the temporal war that's going on. OK. Uh, then Melissa says, do you think that everyone from Orion, do you think everyone from Orion that are good? There, There is good people from Orion that are here as well. I'm one of them, right? So do I think anyone from Orion is good? Yes. They're, they're j anywhere you go until you get past the, the middle of the sixth uh, dimension or density, <clears throat> pardon me, 
um, is good and evil exists. So, so when you have these people that are coming from the fourth and the fifth, and they're coming here to the earth and they're evil, there's just as many good people uh, in in Orion, not just the belt of Orion, but the entire constellation, uh, as there is anywhere else. Okay, just like here, it's 80, 20, 80 percent good and 20 percent evil. And it's that way. It fluctuates a bit depending on the reality of the matrix uh, that was created in whatever uh, uh, place that, they're, that they are. We here on this planet are at an 80-20. And that is considered kind of high on the negative side, the 20%. That's considered kind of high. And, and so there's some planets that are all good and never have any evil on them. There's some planets that are all evil and never have any good on them. But it's not an entire region of space. Okay, and the only time that changes is when you get halfway through the sixth, and that's where that's where the purgatory, of the hell is. That as you're, if you're evil, you cannot go past that point. The only way you can go past that point is to change your polarity and become in service to others, and then you can move up higher in the sixth and move into the seventh. It's designed that way because the universe was designed by the creator, and the creator made sure that the creator wasn't going to be taken over by its own evil thoughts. So that's the, that's it. That's the, the, the shelf life of evil thinking stops there. You can stay there and wallow there for the rest of eternity if you want, but you can never go up any higher in, in any spiritual sense. <clears throat> so is there good people from Orion? Yes. Okay, let's continue. Remember who they are, where they came from, their knowledge or skills, their memory of the past, and ability to function as a spiritual entity. They're overwhelmed into becoming a mindless, robotic non-entity. After the shock, a series of post-hypnotic suggestions are used to install false memories and a false time orientation in each ISBI. This includes the command to return to the base after the body dies so that the same kind of shock and hypnosis can be done again and again and again forever. The hypnotic command also tells the patient to forget to remember. What the Domain learned from the experience of this officer is that the old empire has been using Earth as a prison planet for a very long time. Exactly how long is unknown, perhaps millions of years. So when the body of the ISB dies, they depart from the body. They are detected by the force screen. They are captured and ordered by hypnotic command to return to the light. The idea of heaven and the afterlife are part of the hypnotic suggestion a part of the treachery which makes the whole mechanism work. After the ISB has been shocked... And well, see, that's good. See, I'm going to put this up on the screen. Um, maybe 80-20 rule is why Orion baddies, I like to use, <laughs> call them baddies, are allowed to do, do, to do deals with the government, etc., uh, proportional badness. Yes, uh, it, 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 it isn't 80-20. That's the bad part. It's 50-50, so it's 80-20 in personality. It's 80-20 in uh, souls that are good or evil, in service to others or in service to self. But here, it's a 50-50 when, when, uh, as far as um, equality, right? So even though there's only 20% of them, they still get 50% of the say. They get exactly the same amount of say as we do. That's why the stalemate is here. That's why if you, if you read the um, raw material, uh, you, you find out that one of us, say, if we were literally fighting off the forces of evil, I by myself can stand and stop all of the forces of evil from, from getting here to Earth. And they can't do anything about it. Okay, so it is 50-50, but because we are 80-20, 
our power at 50 50 is, is just as strong as their power, no matter how evil they are. So I, by myself, can hold them off until I'm drained and depleted of all energy. And at the same time, they would all be drained and depleted of their energy. And then I would collapse. And one other person, you could then walk over, stand in front of my body and hold off the onslaught by yourself while they drag me away and, and you know, and put me back together and give me more energy. <clears throat> Do you see? So. So, so the R eighty twenty gives us a little bit of an advantage that hel that helps us uh, individually, and that's why I tell people when it comes to if you believe in ghosts or you don't believe in ghosts or you believe in demons or you don't, all of that stuff. When they say, "Oh no, what if I, I'm you know there's a the demons and they look evil and hideous," they look that way on purpose. It's a psychological thing to make you fear them. If you fear them because they look hideous, then that gives them the advantage on you. Do you see? That's why you need to not look at something the way it looks. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't don't worry about how hideous it looks. Feel the energy that it has and know that even the devil himself is no stronger than you are. Because if you greet that devil with the love and the light of the one true creator, it is absolutely done. It cannot do anything more to you. It has to make you think it can. It has to make you believe it can so that it can. It has to have you invite it in. A vampire cannot go through the threshold of your walls to get into your house until you invite the vampire in. That is the same. That is the story. That story in vampires, right? In vampires is, is the story to tell you that you have free will and choice and that evil cannot <clears throat> come in or harm you or in any way possess you, unless you invite it in first. And the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So this whole purpose is what I tell and why is to let you know that. To put you into the position of there's the trap. I need to know what the trap is to, to avoid it. And that's the same thing that we're getting to here with the soul trap. You need to know there's a soul trap there. If the soul trap were true, this is another reason that I say this. If the soul trap were true, why am I being allowed to talk about it? Do you understand? If we're a penal colony and they erase my mind and tell me what they just said, tell me to forget to remember, how is it possible that I've remembered that? How is it possible that I know it? And I knew it before, prior to this information on this video but I didn't get it from a video. Somehow we know instinctively that we have, we have free will. Somehow we know instinctively that there is a source. This isn't something that was taught to us. We made these stories up because we kept having the same thing happen on the planet over and over and over. Same things, same stories trying to pop its head up and tell us because it has to. If evil tries to erase your existence in this place, you have to also be given that existence to choose from. They can't wipe out your memory of your soul and have you stuck here without having that information here for you to find. There is no puzzle. There is no Kobayashi Maru. If you guys are familiar with Star, uh, Star Trek, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. The Kobayashi Maru was a test of character and you were put in a simulator as a captain of a, of a ship and you had a crew 
and you were in a, in a situation where you literally flew into a situation where there was no possible way for you to not die. None. But you didn't know that. And so you went in there and everybody that you talked to were sworn to not tell you what goes on in there and why, because it's a test of character. They want to see how you would react as a captain of a ship and what manner would you react to a situation where you are going to die and everyone in your crew is going to die as well. There's no possible way to get around it unless you change the parameters of the test, which James Tiberius Kirk did. He changed the test. He cheated so that he could win after he failed a couple times. And they gave him an accommodation for, for, for novel thinking. Okay, so there is no Kobayashi Maru. There is a not a no-win scenario. If we were as a penal colony created by aliens for to be a, a slave labor race, in this reality, there has to be the opposite. That reality is only there if we choose it, which means there's an alternative to it which means that reality is not real unless we make it so. The biggest problem that we have, the biggest problem that we have is us. We are in our own minds, in our own ways, and we get caught in this matrix, and the matrix has been hijacked, and they're trying to, to you know, do what they're trying to do. And what is this that, that, that you're saying over here, slave text? Yeah, I agree. Infinite power anvil, or avail, sorry, infinite power avail, on the on the creator side, evil tries to to uh, evil tries to parasite this. Maybe Orion guys uh, did a hit job on Don Elkins. That's funny, right? Um, yeah, 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 Kobayashi Maru, right? Yeah. So yeah, so what's happening is that we are in our own heads and we're telling ourselves negative things. This comes from an ego standpoint, and they know this. And this is see, so this portion of what we're saying here, I know I'm rambling, but I think this is a good place to do this because we're already actually over the hour. So this is kind of a good, and we had a lot of technical difficulties this time, right? So I didn't get to play a lot of stuff for you guys, but now because of the things I changed in my computer, that changed the which video played properly and now it's playing the right way, <laughs> right? So I found that out today, right? Um, so yeah, what's going on today, what's going on now, this is Melissa saying this, what's going on now, Put this up on the screen for you. What's going on now is is the old empire clinging, and uh, and they're trying too hard, right? So yeah. So what's going on? Uh, honestly, what's going on is you have the old the old empire and the and these guys uh, who what do they call themselves? I forgot what they call themselves. Uh, the um, I'll think of it in a second. I should have gone back and got that. Uh, but this is the new empire, and they're fighting for control of this area apparently, right? But then on on top of that, you know, you you have this. You have this this group of people that are supposed to be the council, right? That is the independent council that is that is quarantined us, that are keeping these things from us, keeping people to get to us, keeping people from getting to us, and doing bad things. Domain, yes, thank you. Um, I don't know why I drew a blank on that. I've, I've read this thing, right? Oh, it was <laughs> domain. Thank you. So, so you have two different forces of evil people that are conquerors that are trying to conquer the known universe. And, and here we are in the middle of the whole thing, which is exactly what play, is playing out here on the planet. And here's my, and here's why I say that, right? This is not rambling. We here on this planet are a microcosm of the macrocosm, okay? And we play out the universal fight that is going on on every level. And we need, you need to understand that. So we, we need to look at our past to find out what happened in our past. And we're finding out that what happened in our past is exactly what's happening now.
which means this, what's going to happen in our future is going to be what's happening now because it happened in our past unless we change something. This is where you get the quantum weirdness, and I usually lose some people. You guys all of a sudden go, wait a minute, I have no idea what you just said. Why? So my point here is, and my contention is this. If you look at everything that these aliens keep talking about that's happening out in the universe, this is why skeptics say this is just like the CIA playing some mind game with somebody who's psychic, and they're, and they're you know part of this whole keep you in a penal state. So they're keeping you running around in circles by telling you this information, right? So, yes, yeah, Kevin, see, Kevin's on to it, right? Kevin Cummings, somebody puts this up on the screen, right? He's on to it. We're observing ourselves at the moment from the future. Yes, yes, we are, from what we perceive as the future. Because, and this is where when people say, maybe the gray aliens are us in the future. In one respect, they are. But they are a species separate from us that is in 3D reality. So they're not you and me and the people from this planet in the future coming back to this planet. They're not. But when you go far enough up, we're all the same. The grays and the spirit that occupies the grays is the same spirit that I have that's occupying here. We, because we're part, we are part of the one at some place, part of the creation. So in a sense, yes, but, but see that when we talked about that whole um, history past thing, you have to understand again that that past, present, and future only exist in this 3D reality, not, not just here on the Earth, but any other three-dimensional reality anywhere in space-time. That, that's the law of that, okay? So, so when, when he says we're observing ourselves at the moment from the future, we are absolutely because me, not this body, not this avatar, not this personality, but behind all of that, the soul that is witnessing this comes from a place where there is no past, present, and future. It all happens at once. So therefore, and that's a really crazy thought where a lot of people get lost with, how can that possibly happen? Well, that's the same thing as we don't need money on this planet, but you're told that we do. So those are the rules here. And until we change the rules here, we have to have money to pay for everything. We don't need money. We can do without money and we can survive. I wrote a book about survival, prepping and surviving without money, without any technology. We lived on this planet for a million years. Do you see? We don't need money. We don't need. So me, when you get outside of yourself or into yourself, into your soul and understand that your soul is in a higher place, that you are witnessing we are observing ourselves. I'm reading ver verbatim here, word for word, at the moment, at, at this moment, or at the moment from the future. Yes, we actually are. It's no different than if you turn on a video game. I like to play World of Warcraft, but any game that you play, and you you turn it on, and if it's a first person, and there's actually trying to be a human there, and you're trying to be a soldier killing people, or you're trying to do whatever, it was a wizard or what, it's, it, you're plugging into another matrix. The soul that is here is daydreaming and creating that character in that world the same way your soul has created this avatar in this world. And there's rules in that world, so you have to go to work, you have to do stuff because you need money. If you play World of Warcraft or EverQuest or any of those, you have to go to work. It's the same. It's another three-dimensional reality that we created that's separate from this one so that we can take our minds out of this one, which is running us down all day, and we can go into somewhere else and believe that it's just a game, and we can just play, and it doesn't matter if we die, and it doesn't matter any of that stuff, because in truth, that's a reflection of what we're thinking in our minds. Because if you go back far enough in our soul, 
it's the same. It doesn't matter if you die here, you're going to be reborn as something else. In the games, we make it so that you respawn as the same person again, because you don't want to have to start all over from, you know, I played a video game called Bootleggers, which was that way. When your character died, it was dead. You had to start a new character and create an entirely new avatar. And it was a, literally a game of, of you were mafia in the mafia or or in a mafia. And um, people were going around traveling the country by train and, and cars and whacking people and, and buying and selling and bootlegging shit, stuff, you know, whatever you could bootleg, right? Mostly it was booze. Okay. And you, you know, you would uh, get together with other people and join a mob if you could. And those mobs took over. Right. I mean, that, that's no joke. I got into a mob war. I got myself killed and my brother, but we killed off uh, two mobs in doing it and put this other mob in charge. We went, we were shooters and we, we got all kinds of ammunition and money and they fed us a bunch of ammunition and we were hiding underground the whole time and no one knew who we were. And then we just started whacking people left and right you know, here and there. Right. We started whacking some people here and there and people didn't know who was doing it. And then we went on a rampage at this appointed time, four of us went on a rampage and we had already looked for and found all of our targets and we murdered the top uh, brass from two different, two different mobs, took them down. They were ha half their strength. There was only four of us that did it. And of course they found us and, and killed us. But before they did that, we gave power to them, to the mob we were in. They took over. And then we created a new character and became part of that mob. I stopped playing that game when I started playing World of Warcraft. But we actually did that. Right? So it was another avatar, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, okay, here, let me put this up for, for what, you, what, you, what uh, a slave, slave detective saying. It's totally a, a soul thing. Cheryl, Jacob, Leonard, check out Philip H. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's crap. <laughs> K-R-A-P-T, crap. Um, MUFON on YouTube. I will. I'm going to look into this. Um, uh, pretty cool, int intricate abductee story and uh, even talks about said aliens proving God's existence. Cool story. I will look into that. Uh, is that a book or is that just an interview or a movie? Let me know about that. That's that's like good stuff. So I'm going to look into that. I'm going to write this down and I'm going to look into that. This will be my um, sitting around drinking alcohol and smoking pot for the evening um, job. <laughs> I'll go down that rabbit hole and check him out. I know I might lose somebody right there. Oh my God, that guy smoked pot. Done. You know, uh, some people are like that when, when they hear that. They go, oh, my God, that's it. Done. I don't listen to this guy anymore. He's a nutball. He's a pot smoker. All right. So where's my pen? See, now I'm losing my pen. All right. Well, I'll write it down before we go. And I will go and look that up. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. <laughs> he starts laughing. Um, so, yeah. And so that's what I'll be doing is that rabbit hole tonight, going down that and listening to that, because that sounds really cool. So what we have to understand, I know you guys might think I'm rambling here and I got away from the story, but we, you know, we had technical difficulties. So I'll pick up next week and we'll do more of the analysts there. But I, I wanted to talk about that right here, because like I said a little bit ago, that we all have to decide how many of these theories are right. And I, and I like uh, that you were, what the slaves were saying there that, um, that we that you know there's other there's other corroborating stories that are telling us and this is what we've done i don't know you personally i don't think um i don't recognize your name but uh, you could be somebody that knows me for all i know um and you you know you could be somebody that knows me in a different uh, character but um 
what we do is you collect this stuff. We all have to collect all of these things, this information. You guys can watch this video without me. You don't need me to, to interpret it, but this is an interpretation to show you what I have learned from other things and to show corroboration. I do that with the law of one. And that's why I do this. I'm not doing this because I just want to play the video for you. Somebody got mad and said, you know, you're talking too much. I'm like, well, the whole point is for me to critique the video and take your questions and talk about the video. It's not just you what you just want to watch the video, go and watch it. You don't need me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't, I'm not doing this video to turn it on and just sit there and let you guys think and, and watch it like we're on TV. You can do that without me. You don't need me to come on every Friday to do that. I'm here for a discussion, right? I'm here for us to try and figure all this shit out. And, and I'm here to, to, to interpret this, tell you what I know, listen to what you guys know, and have you guys ask questions. And I ask you guys questions back. I've been doing that all night. This is what we're here for. This is a discussion to ring this out. This is not a talent show where I have the guest on and they're supposed to be speaking the entire time. This is us figuring this stuff out the best we can. Why? Because we need to look at all angles and figure all, all this out so that we can understand or figure out if it's all lies, Right. And, it, and if it's not, then what the hell's going on, right? So, uh, so the, yes, the, the underlying thing is that we have sometimes these these aliens are are, are actually proving, like uh, like Slave said here, the proving that God does exist. I had gotten that. That's why when I got onto the Law of One, I I grabbed a hold of it because I had heard throughout time of my life investigating things references to the One coming from aliens, talking about the One and being very spiritual. And then all of a sudden the law of one pops up and I'm like, well, you know, this information that I got was prior to their writing about this. Uh, this information I got was from, you know, further back. And the, so there was a lot of information that I was getting that was way before I was born that is there in history for us to look at and read and, and find out. So I put these little things in my little pea brain. And then and over time, I start filing more and more things. And I go, hold on, I got a lot of stuff building up in this one area. Let's take a look at that area. Right. So, yeah, I know, Cheryl, we would if we were literally either on online. She said, I would love to be in your presence. We'd talk for hours. So I, I guarantee we would, right? I'm a talker anyway, but yes. And, and then we could go on back and forth. That's why, you know, we should like, you know, get go on live and like sit on Zoom or sit on, on uh, you know, here on StreamYard and, and talk. And a lot of you guys that are fans, fans of mine out there in the crowd, you come on and you talk. And, and I have conversations with you guys off air because of the conversations we have on air. Right. And, and some of you guys, I pull and try to pull onto uh, the show or, or, or one of the webinars that we do, which, uh, by the way, when the, what, tying into this, my webinar that I was going to do, that we were going to do, um, I'm producing it, we were going to do uh, last month, got canceled because of all the problems I was having technically. So now that that's hammered out, we're going to we're going to reschedule it. I was hoping to do it this full moon, but I'm realizing now that there's a couple of different people that are having a show on that exact same, uh, not that, that subject, but on that same day. Everybody's starting to do things by the full moon where they weren't really doing that before, right? Right. So Kevin says, uh, time traveling in our minds through through is that serious? Yeah, through serious Stargate in in our thoughts. And yes, see that's that's the other thing when if you. That's see that now that's looking way inward, Kevin. That's for, maybe for another story we can go on. You and I, I think on that for a while, right? I agree with that. Yeah, me too. This is slave says, Yeah, me too. The theory is uh, the one is the logos incarnate on earth. Uh, if so, he, he's got a, a, a tough a paper round, right? So, right. So, yeah, I mean, I agree that, that the logos, the see, we are. We're a part of the we're part of the sub logos or the sub sub logos, because you had the the logos is the creation logos is the word 
uh, is the word of God. The word of God is love. So logos literally is love, the love energy. So the universe was created using love from the heart of the one true creator. So the universe came to be, and then all of the different galaxies in the universe were came to be. And that's a sub sub logos. Sorry, so you got sub logos, you got logos, sub sub logos. Then from that you have solar systems. So now you're on sub sub logos. And so we are here in the sub sub logos and we are part of the creation that makes us the sub sub logos not the not the next logos so we're not the sub 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 logos we're the sub sub logos that created the sub sub logos this air this place so we were created by the creator at the same time the universe was created then we helped create the creation of the galaxies and then of course we then settled here and created this and some of us uh, other places did the same thing and created a, another reality there Sorry, Leo, they kicked me out there. <laughs> did you get did you get booted? Is that you're telling me Facebook booted you and you had to come back in? Um, so or are you saying you got kicked out of the of the logos, right? According to Raw, this logos creates the Milky Way. Yes. That's what I was saying. We're part of the we're part of the creation of the of the galaxies. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We're a part of the creation of the galaxies, and then we create. Then some of us, uh, we, you know, once we all created the galaxies, right? The the, the Milky Way. Then we all split up into the different areas that we created were the planets, right? So then we all colonized the planets all over the Milky Way galaxy. So we all created this, like this sub logos. We created, or the people of Earth created this uh, galaxy and this planet, and they're occupying the planet. Do you see? And so, so it's the people who actually created this planet helped create the Milky Way. And anyone who was in this area in any level, which would be all of us, even though I'm a wanderer, that I wasn't, I didn't originally start on Earth. I was part of the creation that created the Milky Way. And then I went somewhere else and was born as a little baby soul in a first dimension and then eventually up to a second and third and fourth. And I don't know that I made it to fifth, but then I came back down here. I'm not sure. Right. So I agree with what Slave's saying right there. Uh, 100%. We're part of the creation that created the Milky Way, and then we created this solar system here and then inhabited it, and there's people here in the first dimension, second dimension, our third that you guys are a part of, and then fourth and then eighth currently, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, and there was others in between. There was fifth and sixth, and they, they're, they're no longer sustaining. This Earth does no longer sustains fifth and sixth, and then you have... Um, you know, different people in this galaxy, they're in different uh, phases of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Right. So it just depends on, on what your vibration is. And who knows, like when you leave and, and graduate from here, maybe you may not leave this solar system. You might go to the fourth here on Earth or, or you might go somewhere else. Depends on where you're from. Right. And where you decided to go back to depends on, on all of all that depends on us individually. And I know that sounds kind of crazy. Right. Some people I get, you know, they lose them there. But that's just kind of the way that works. Okay, so now that I understand that I fixed the issue that we had originally with StreamYard and playing videos, they had fixed it, and and um, mine still didn't work right, but I did an update and then changed. And you guys saw, I thought I had to open it, and that's why I had to play it before, was opening it into a page and then sharing that page. And that was problem had problems with the audio, so then I got rid of that, and then I actually open it in StreamYard and it seems to be playing fine. So we'll go forward with that. Uh, and that'll, that'll seem, to, I like that better anyway. 
um, because they, having an extra window open takes up more RAM space, right? And I'm on a 32-bit processor on this computer because I don't have my laptop working properly. Well, it's working properly, but it's working properly for World of Warcraft right now, not for StreamYard. And I, I got to find where that balance is between the two. When I load StreamYard here and then I try to play my video game on that computer, I have to delete a few things that are open. Uh, and then that causes the problem with StreamYard. Right. So I have to. Uh, so but now that I have this one working properly, I'll go back to using the base unit for StreamYard and use my uh, my laptop for my video game because I have to have that one working like a machine because of uh, how much RAM it takes to play that game right now live. OK, so I think we'll end there because, uh, you know, I, I did an hour and a half. Uh, and most of it was technical difficulties anyway. So we didn't get really far. Where are we in the time here? I think we only did a few minutes, right? Yeah, we only did four minutes of the actual video today. Um, but that's all right. I was gone for two weeks and I wanted to make sure that we understood what was happening there. Uh, and I'll be back uh, next Friday. Now, I want to warn any of you that got this far. I had somebody make a comment about my video from the other day. Uh, you have to understand and be warned if you see a video of mine that you haven't seen and it says Orion Rising News understand it's not going to be about aliens. It's not going to be about spirituality. It is going to be raw in your face politics. I am not a Republican, nor am I a Democrat. I cut both ways and everyone hates me. <laughs> I know Cheryl says, don't go. All right. Maybe I'll hang around for a little bit, right? Maybe since we got this working, Cheryl, I'll go ahead and we'll do some more. Um, but I can't go past uh, two hours. Um, only because it gets later and I have to cook dinner for my mom and all that stuff. Right. So, all right. So Cheryl twisting my arm over here. I'm going to go ahead and press play and we'll see if we can get some more of this video done. And I'll try, try to keep the speaking to a minimum. But like I said, I'm not here to just play this video for all of us to just watch. The purpose of this is education uh, and, and cross pollination as far as different uh, theories so that we can all maybe figure out what's going on. And if not, uh, and you know, we still get, um, thank you. She says X and O's kiss, kiss, kissy hugs. Uh, so if, you know, if not, we all still get the information uh, that we need to have to make adult decisions, right? So let's go ahead and play this uh, a little bit more. Now they're still talking about the, the uh, aftermath. And so we'll just let that go here. And hypnotized to erase the memory of the life just lived, the ISBI is immediately commanded hypnotically to report back to the earth as though they were on a secret mission to inhabit a new body. Each ISBI is told that they have a special purpose for being on earth, but of course there is no purpose for being in a prison at least not for the prisoner. Any undesirable ISBs who are sentenced to Earth were classified as untouchable by the Old Empire. This included anyone that the Old Empire judged to be criminals who are too vicious to be reformed or subdued, as well as other criminals such as sex perverts or beings unwilling to do any productive work. An untouchable classification of ISBEs also includes a variety of political prisoners. This includes ISBEs who are considered to be non-compliant freethinkers or revolutionaries who make trouble for the governments of the various planets of the old empire. Of course, anyone with a previous military record against the old empire is also shipped off to Earth. A list of untouchables includes artists, painters, singers, musicians, writers, actors, and performers of every kind. For this reason, Earth has more artists per capita than any other planet in the old empire. Untouchables also include intellectuals, inventors, and geniuses in almost every field. Since everything the old empire considers valuable has long since 
It's been invented or created over the last few trillion years. They have no further use for such beings. See, now, this I have, I don't, I think we, I don't know. Let's, uh, let me get into this a little bit right here. I have a problem with this because, first of all, there is, there's no corroboration, right, other than what we know. And, yeah, okay, so do we have, like, inventors and all the stuff that, that, uh, that she's saying here? Yeah, absolutely, right? We're all a bunch of troublemakers on the planet, not everybody, but there's a, it's a shit ton of people that are all of these things. So it's easy to say that to somebody and say, well, it's a penal colony and this type of person is there when you already know what the type of person's personalities are on the planet. Do you understand how that lie can work if it's a lie? right? And if it's not, then that means that we're all troublemakers and we're coming down here. But again, if all of this were true, why is it that we have that memory? Why is it okay? for this alien to come down here under the wire and give us this information. And if that's all a fake, why is it that it's okay for this woman to think this shit up and give this information to us if we are, in fact, mind-wiped? Again, I just said this a little while ago. If we're, in fact, mind-wiped and we're not supposed to know this information, how is it that we couldn't think this information? Do you understand? So, again, this goes back to our free will. And it also plays into and corroborates what Raw said, that everything is 50-50. So if I do something that's completely holy, super holy, like, you know, walk on water, there's going to be a devil that's going to do something or someone evil that's going to be doing something hideous like Genghis Khan or Adolf Hitler. Okay, this story played out in um, A Force Awakens in Star Wars. And, um, and Snoke said it in there. The belief was in there. The philosophical thought was in there with Snoke said to, um, I can't think of his name right now, the, but the son of, of, uh, of Han Solo and, and um, Leia, that because he was rising in evil on the force, on the, on the, on the dark side of the force, that the, someone would rise on the light side of the force in opposition to him. That's a balance of 50-50. When Darth Vader became more powerful, Luke Skywalker became more powerful. Do you understand? The more rule that Darth Vader had over the universe, the more that Luke Skywalker was in defiance of him. And it turned out that it was his son, his actual descendant, which made it even more apparent, right? Or actually, Luke wasn't, was he? No. Yes. <laughs> Think about that for a second. And then, of course, now you have the, the son of, of Luke's twin sister who is, has gone over to the dark side. And so the universe, like with Anakin Skywalker, if there isn't someone there, the DNA is, is created. So the mitochondrial is created, uh, and they went with the Jesus Christ story, only they had it go the opposite way which a lot of people didn't like. So they had this creation without um, uh, anything, you know, without sex in, in um, Anakin Skywalker, but he ends up uh, going down the dark path and becoming the devil, not the savior. And then you have the rise of, of Luke, who then believes he can save his father and invent, at the end he does. So now you have Snoke come forward and they're doing the same thing with the rise 50-50, with the rise of the evil there's also the rise of the good, and he thought he knew which one it would be, right? Now, I didn't see the the uh, the final movie, Rise of Skywalker. I've seen previews, so don't blow that for me. I haven't seen that yet, okay? 
So, right, Orion is the is the author of the domain. This is slave slave uh, detached said this. I'll put it up on the screen for you. Orion is the author of this domain story and uh, channeler. Yeah, Star Wars rocks. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's you know the 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 Eastern philosophical um, uh, thought was uh, what Lucas brought into uh, and used as the mythos where he tried to put to uh, attach it to uh, to Christianity to encompass. And it was very ahead of his time in understanding um, what it is that we're preaching now, which is all of that, that, that coexist thing where you take the good from all of these religions, because that's the only way you can round out your spirituality is to understand all of these so-called religions on the planet and understand their their base root of what they represent and their philosophical thought with without all the semantics without any of the the zealotry and and go and murder people because they're not our uh, religion take all that away and look at their base root ideology and if you then uh, compare them to each other you realize that they are all part of the same they're all part of the one true reality that is this third dimension Okay, and that was what was being presented to you with the entire mythos of the Star Wars movies, the sagas, and and they continued that even when Disney bought it from Lucas. I I you know watched those and said they're they're continuing with the same formula. Lucas had a formula that he used. I, as a writer, I see these things, right? A lot of people may not, but there's a formula that he used that would jump you around from place to place and things happening uh, from place to place. And those would be chapter breaks uh, or part of the same chapter. And and he would put you in with one group and then he would take you backwards in time uh, to the moment that the other one was started. And then those people would come up to the front, to the forefront of the exact same moment when you left the other group, you go to a third group and you're actually back in time and not know it. And then you're coming forward in time. And you're so that way you get to see how all all of them are working together at the same time to have to meet up at the same place or to have the whole storyline meet up the way that they want. And they don't tell you that you're going back in time, you know, six hours uh, and then coming forward. They don't tell you that. They just put you in the scenario, start them and put them up to the danger point, just like they stop the other people at. And they do that. You do all that to keep your attention. And then you want to know what's going on, but you don't go too far uh, with all of them because people forget where the first party was in reading all of this stuff. It's a little harder because you have to be a you know gamer. You have to be a, a, somebody who reads books. Otherwise you do get lost that way. And you go, wait a minute. I don't even remember where I was with Luke at this point. Right. Some of the people who write books do that and they go on too long. Um, Tolkien was one. Tolkien was a was a hard read. The other one was um, the guy who did. Uh, oh, I can't think of the the. Um, oh, I can't think of the name from right now. It's a series, and he went on really long. It was another English writer. Uh, he went on really long for each character, and so you would be like, "Wait a minute, this was like three chapters ago." Was that guy? Uh, so you really had to be um, a, a book reader to understand um, the because he got so detailed with his description. Kind of like I do, I guess, when I ramble on like this, right? So what the hell are we talking about? But the whole point here is all of this is encompassing when you go down these rabbit holes. And, and this is me trying to give you the tools to understand because it's esoteric. And I had to go through this. And there's a lot of people out there who have. And we've gotten to uh, that point where... Um, Oh, I didn't realize Kevin had said something here. Let me see what Kevin said right here. He said, I can't understand. You're going to get me rattled right and off what I was talking about. I can't understand why there's not more people uh, citing alien crafts. They're, they're everywhere. I've seen studying them. I've been studying them for years, and they're definitely real. Uh, well, you know, it's there's a choice again, Kevin. This goes back to the same thing. It depends on where you are in your development. 
right? I mean, the Indians, the Hindus talked about this in their books. Um, Frank Herbert. Uh, yeah, Frank Herbert was one. Thank you. That was no, but but yes, <laughs> yeah. Frank Frank Herbert was uh, was one that a lot of great great books. Uh, they're redoing um, Dune. Frank Herbert did Dune, right? Uh, Dune. The, they did a new new version of it with our technologies even better. I, I don't know if you ever read those books, but originally, when um, when Dune was written in the Dune sagas and series, uh, they said these this would be the books that they would never be able to film because of the, the technology and the technological uh, advancements and then what they were doing there. But that's also a really good read, uh, Slaves. That's a really good read for those of you who are out there. Um, if you see that, that's like epic like Star Wars. It just didn't take off here in America um, to where they, they, they for some reason, uh, people tend to even, you know, I don't know why, maybe this time, I saw the previews and maybe this time uh, they'll be doing more than just the first book. Uh, maybe they will be doing more of them. But those are, that's a great uh, a group of books to read as well for the same kind of storyline that's going on. And I've talked about that on my other shows to show that we in all of these sci-fi, not, not just sci-fi, but everything, but sci-fi more so, I think, um, they use spiritual themes far more than people realize, far, far more than people realize. You know, you look at uh, uh, Tolkien with uh, with The Hobbit and, and that whole series, and that whole thing was about politics and about the nuclear uh, weapon and who controls that. And then if you look at Spice from the Frank Herbert Dune novels, he who controls the spice controls the universe. It's literally the motto of the people who lived on Arrakis, right? Yeah, David Lynch's version was great. I liked that too. <laughs> you guys need to look at that as well. Um, that one is that's the one where they did the miniseries, right? That was like the extended. Uh, uh, or you talk about the very first movie that they did with um, with what's his name? That was really good too. Uh, they did a good job. I, that, I got goosebumps thinking about it. So yeah, the David Lynch was the first one uh, that they did the movie, and that was great. Uh, and they did a couple of those, didn't they? I know they did the first. They did Dune. Um, but yeah, well, then they did all of the books uh, as a mini series and they kind of cut a bit out, but they did pretty good because they even did the whole um, um, where he got blinded and the whole nines. So that was really good. And now they're redoing it again when the technology that we have has made it even better. So I suggest you guys take a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like in 85. Yeah. And it was with uh, Sean Young was in it. She played the um, the girl uh, that was the native uh, from Arrakis. And I can't remember the guy's name who played. Uh, who played Paul Atreides, um, but he was a great, he's a great actor. Uh, but yeah, that was a great movie. Um, th that was a really great movie for its time. It was way ahead of its time. It was like Matrix for those of us who had read it, way ahead of its time. So the, there's, the reason that I'm talking about, this is not rambling, I was, and I'll get back to what I got back to, what I was talking about before uh, Kevin uh, uh, said what he said, that all of this shows that they're using spirituality and they're showing you different, different layers of that onion that is the spiritual force and um, what our undertones uh, that is esoteric that's there for us to see that's telling us these laws like raw and the law of one, which wasn't science fiction. It was, it was literally, uh, you know, uh, 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 channeling that entity or those entities because it was a whole uh, species. But like I said before, talking about the, the Bible code and, and the different things where, you know, people in the naysayers say, well, I can do the same thing with a Bible code in the, in the Moby Dick and come up with the same stuff. And I said, yeah, you can use any book because I believe it's in everything that we create. Everything. All of it. Every answer to the universe is in every book, every song, every music, everything. It's coded in there because it's coded there for us to see 
learn and realize. So when you go back to, and this goes back to, um, to one of the Aaron's Aaron, 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 Adike, 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 I don't know how you say his name. And he, and he had told the story and it wasn't his story, but he was telling a story that was told to him. Right. Yeah. The golden mean ratio. Absolutely. Brother. Right. <laughs> brother or sister. I'm, I'm assuming you're a male. You could be a female. I don't know, but the golden ratio. Yes. That is in everything. And that is what all of these stories are. It is that struggle, that, that equation, everything goes to that equation on a spiritual level. And I, and I, when one of the uh, webinars that I did, I think it was earth day. I talked about um, exactly that the golden mean ratio and all of that sacred geometry. And I literally showed, I think I had an hour. I don't think I went past that. I had an hour and I literally showed you how everything in the universe, everything that is reality, including gas, light, electricity, everything, right? Everything vibrates at a level that works within that golden mean ratio, works within that Taurus that that creates. Everything is a part of that. And that exists in me, in you, in nature, in the universe. Everything is that. I believe that is the mind of the creator. Okay. And everything goes to the heart chakra. And I showed that, that if we are the Voluvian man, or however you say that, I think I'm saying that wrong, but everything goes to the center of the heart. And that is where the zero point is. And I did a whole webinar on the zero point. Okay. And then we did a, we're doing, we're doing a webinar on, on getting past that now. And that was the one that we had to, to uh, reschedule. Right. Yeah. And that's part of that saying, Cheryl said, I shall not want that is part of that. When you release yourself from this pain body, when you release yourself from the thought mind, when you release yourself inner and you go and you go into the center of yourself, you have to go to your heart chakra, not your mind. Your mind is the thinking place. You have to go to the heart chakra, which is the root. It's not the base root of your chakras, but it is the root of your power because it is the way to the one. Do you understand? So within you is the one, but the way to the one is that you have to get your mind, body, and soul working together, and then you have to you have to, to create from your heart. And you can test this by leaving your body and going to the higher place. We talked about this before, and that's where uh, what Kevin was saying, that we're, we're, we're uh, witnessing ourselves from the future. Because in that place, we are in the future because the past, the present, and the future is happening now. And we're witnessing us moving so close to the speed of light that we have separated those three things into this linear space-time that we're in. Okay, so we're, we're actually viewing ourselves from there, but we plug ourselves into the first person portion of our avatar, and then we get associated with that, and then we get stuck here, and we think that's us. And that's the puzzle. That's the panic room within the panic room within the panic room. The first thing you need to understand is that me as a soul is higher than this avatar and this body. From that realization, you can then start to strive to be more conscious and present in the now, which is the past, present, and the future. Present in the now is being present in that portion of my soul that is not attached to or stuck in this 3D reality. Once you do that, see that they, you can be here, you can do that, and they can't stop you. 
This is why I don't believe that there is a soul trap. Because if I can be here and ascend in my mind to the place where I am actually no longer thinking from this body, but being in me, the soul that is above this body, separated from this body, and I can see from there, I'm not in a trap. I'm not stuck. Because then I can imagine it even further out from that. If I were completely mind wiped, none of this I would ever be able to achieve or learn in any way. Because it would be illegal. That would be like saying, well, we, you know, we're, the drugs are illegal in prison, but we still get drugs in there. That happens because the corrupt cops running it allow you to. But if they're running a penal colony where everybody's supposed to be mind wiped constantly and you can't get out, they can't let you know knowledge because eventually you're going to go underground and make them think you don't. Because they won't be able to detect you. Why? Because it's your immortal soul, man. They don't have any, cho- uh, uh, any sway over that. You're equal to them. And they know it. So they would not want you to know the information that I know and that I'm telling you now. They wouldn't want you even pondering it. Because if you ponder it, then you're asking questions. You ask questions, you're breaking your conditioning. Okay? So I can't believe that there is a race that created us and wiped our minds and we're stuck here and they wipe our minds every time we try to leave and they stick us back here. Because I can go from here, from this body and leave. I just can't leave and be gone and not come back unless I let this body die. But they can't stop me and they can't change my memory. So what they're trying to suggest to me and convince me is that once I leave this body and I'm no longer attached to it, somehow then they can grab my soul, erase my mind and convince me I'm a secret agent and then I'm coming back down here to help people and have me come back down here to help people. But they couldn't do anything about it before that when I was learning all of the stuff and learning who I was and becoming unmind wiped, they couldn't stop me until I let go of this body. Where is that contention in the universe? Is that a law? You can't screw with their soul until they let go of their body. And when they do, you can grab them and shock them and fuck their soul up and ruin their memory and then whisper in their ear and tell them anything and get them to go back down. What kind of creator would make that kind of trap for itself? It's possible. I think most of this shit was thought up by people. Okay. Any, any time when you, because if it wasn't, the universe is, is just as bad as it is here, everywhere, right? So there is no change, is what they're telling me. So there is no change, and I don't believe that either. I believe that's a story told by evil people that are trying to conquer me. There's no difference between where you are or anywhere else in the universe, so sit down and shut up, slave. That is a human thought process, not a benevolent one. Okay, and even if they are technologically more advanced and say they're they're still 3D, they're just evil. That's all. Right? So their biggest fear would be that we would all wake up and realize that we are free and we have free choice. Because if that's what we all do, then our penal colony ends because we no longer believe it. But now you have these mainstream fringe people who I've been working with for five or six years that all of a sudden in the last year and a half have decided to buy into that narrative. And they're all convinced that we're a slave labor race. So I don't talk to those people anymore because I'm not propagating that information. I don't let them think what they want to think about me. I don't care. Everybody has their own choice. But that's why, if you notice, I've, I've been distancing myself from all these people doing these, these big webinars because they're propagating the same story that the History Channel was propagating. Somebody corrupted them in the last couple of years because they weren't going down that road two to three years ago. Somewhere along the line, I watched P 
people that I've been working with that I consider my friends that have got brainwashed into believing that we're a slave labor race and that there's the, you know, that's out there now. That's their choice. They could be right and I could be wrong, but we all have a choice to make. I don't believe that because my deductive reasoning says, knowing what I know about the universe and, and the way the universe works, when there's something the universe doesn't want you to tell someone, you can't. You can't. So that suggests to me that even if we are a penal colony, it's not by God's order. and It's not by somebody who has more power and authority than I do. Do you understand? If this is, in fact, what they're all saying, those who are our captors are our equal. They are our equal. Because if they weren't, they wouldn't have to forcibly lock us away. So that's like saying the people that are in prison here in the United States are a subspecies and that I, because I'm not in prison, I am somehow above them in power, not just in status, because I have freedom and I can go wherever I want and do what I want and they can't because they're locked up, right? But that I'm, in, I'm superior, they're inferior to me as a soul. That's like racism. That's like me saying that some black people are, are uh, beneath me as race. That's human thinking. That's not God thinking. Okay? So if you are in a 3D reality and someone says you're a slave and we own you, you have to agree with that. No, I am not a slave. This has been a reoccurring theme in all of our literature and movies and stories trying to tell each other that you only, if you submit, look at 300. That, that bore out in real life, right? Well, Debbie says, I don't want to believe that we're slaves. And, and, and slave, uh, slaves says everybody is equal, and I believe. Yes, everyone is equal. I believe everyone's equal. And, and yes, because that, that's the truth of it, right? So, so these people who claim that they're in a 3D reality, which means they live by our laws. This goes harkens back to earlier in the very beginning when I talked about people com, you know, comparing me to Colonel Jack O'Neill on the TV series. Because not only is my name O'Neill, right? <laughs> but, but because my, my ideology is very similar to his. That's why I loved his character. Because I don't look at these people, even if they're alien, I don't look at them like, oh my God, I'm scared of them because they're aliens. You're a 3D reality, bro. You're nothing but me. You just have a spaceship and I don't. That's it. That's all. You, technology is the difference between you, me, and everybody else. And I agree. Cheryl says, those who enslave others are themselves enslaved. And that's true. That's their trap. And that's, and that's another part of, of this whole rigmarole, right? Be, because it, that, they, they serve a purpose. Okay, so if there are slave captors... They have to be evil and be the slave captor. They're locked into that storyline now, and they have to play that character if they want us to play the other part. Agreed. Right? Agreed, Cheryl. That was beautiful, what you just said. Right? Very. There's a lot of depth to that little statement. They and themselves, if they, if they take on the role as the slave master, they have now locked themselves into that role. They're a slave now to that role of keeping us enslaved. And our job is to what? Either stay enslaved or to what? Defy them and break out. Right? So there's so there's that there's that balance again. They're trying to keep us locked down while we're trying to break out. Look at the dichotomy that's playing out right now politically on the planet.
You have slave masters trying to break, to lock down the planet and take control. And you have some people submitting and you have other people fighting back and trying to stop them. And it's 50-50. And that's what people need to understand. I keep trying to tell people, right? I, I, you, I call them tooth gnashers. That's good, brother. Right? Tooth gnashers. Um, so there's, there's, um, there is the, the, the dichotomy here. We're seeing it played out. Earlier I said we are the macrocosm or we are the microcosm to the macrocosm. What is playing out here with us on this planet is the same thing as playing out in the higher level of this ideology. And that's the same thing that's playing out in the fourth and in the fifth. It's all the same exact cycle. And why is that? It's there for us to learn something and different aspects of that. So everything is cyclical. We go back to the golden mean ratio. Everything happens in the cycle and it's all mathematical and it's all a spiral and it all continues to go. But there's something controlling the spiral that keeps it from going outward, 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 larger and larger and larger and larger. Something stops it on a level that's not too far away that that creates this universal everything that's encompassed here in our physics and physiology of this reality. So right at the edge of that reality, there is what? That's the God energy. Now we're going to the three, six, and the nine portion of the golden mean ratio. Three plus three equals six. Six plus three equals nine. Nine plus three equals 12. Right? And then you have what? The controller. So you have the God energy, which is the logos, the love creation but not God, not the creation, right? But you use that energy, which is nine, and your intention, which is me, three, my energy, three, again, coupled with the six energy, so my energy plus my energy gets to the six, and then I take the six energy, which is the universe, nature, and I use that with my intention to then what? I'm creating. I'm using the universal energy of space, time, nature, my life being, my life force, and that creates what? The Logos, the God love energy. And then when you use that energy for a purpose, creation, creating the matrix or changing the matrix, you then become the 12 energy. Right? And to control that 12 energy with your with, with what you're talking about, it makes you become the one or the 13. You don't jump up another three at this point because you become the creation. You flip over on yourself. So the energy is going outward, 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 outward. And then, bam, you're using that energy to make that energy now spiral inward, inward, inward. And you already had energy. Three, six, nine. Three, say, spiraling outward. Six, say, spiraling inward. And then the nine energy is the energy that flips them over on each other, keeps them in a certain containment. That is the God energy. That is the Logos. And that Logos is created by and used by who? The One. So when you create all of that. That's the 12 energy, which encompasses the entire universe, everything in it, our reality, our spiritual being. And that's controlled by who you created that you did it. That means you are the one. And where is that? It's in the center. Where's the center in your heart? Center of everything is love. Not in your mind. Your mind is an illusion. Your heart is where your soul resides and feels from. Right. Let's put this up here. Yeah. Right. Raw says raw material has a great description uh, of it. Spiritual mass um, um, maximum reached. Then the entire collapse 
in on itself, right? Infinitely. Yes, this is exactly what I'm describing. And then exploding out again in a spiral. Yes. And that is the creation that is the universe. And, 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 I'll, and I'll give you a couple of analogies, right? We, we show ourselves this with our own selves. And what, what he's talking about here is you have, okay, let, let's start with the explosion because it's going out, right? So let's do the, the heart again. Let's start with the heart. We can do the lungs and the heart because they both operate the same way in this energy. So the heart, right, it pumps. So when it pumps is when it's, when it's, when it's whoop, and it's pushing the blood out. There's your explosion. The creation comes from the heart. When the heart pumps, and it boom, it, it, it pumps together and pushes everything out of itself, creates the pressure and then it explodes, right? And then when it goes out, it goes out to a certain point. And then your circulatory system at some point, what? Turns it around and sends it back to the heart now to get reoxygenated. Do you understand? And then when the heart expands, it pulls that blood that is that has depleted of the oxygen and all of the minerals that your body needed and nutrients and it pulls that blood back towards itself and then when it gets that stuff in its heart in your heart what happens then you manifest all of that inf information again all the love all of the oxygen all of the nutrients all these things that your body has consumed and put into that energy that goes into your blood and then the heart pumps it again and it explodes back out. That's the holy mean ratio. That's the that's the the three six and the nine. Same thing with your lungs. With your lungs, you what you breathe in the air, you're taking in the oxygen, and then you ex exchange that oxygen with all the bad stuff, the carbon and the junk that needs to come out, and then you expel that from your body. <sighs> that's the opposite. The three, the six, and the nine. Do you understand? The heart is working in the positive creation of this the lungs are working in the negative of dispelling the stuff away from itself and then what taking the air the, the rich oxygen into your body that gives you life do you understand so your body your heart can only pump that stuff out into your blood if your ox if your lungs yeah, inhale it into you and then oh, the bad stuff goes out but then plants breathe my bad stuff and then they pump out their bad stuff and that's oxygen and we have a symbiotic relationship and it's still the same 3 6 9 12 golden mean ratio creation of the universe the entire creation yes slave detects that the entire creation so it works with everything works that way your mind thinking is expelling energy outward in your thoughts but it's also taking everything in with your eyes and your ears when you're hearing knowledge that gets into your brain and your brain then puts that where puts it into the place of your brain and molds it about and then changes your reality and then what happens like me i'm talking now and i'm giving that information out of my mind out to the universe to you guys and you're hearing it through your ears and that information is going into your mind and now your mind is expanding do you understand? And then I will, and some of the things that I say change the way you think. Some of the things you guys are saying to me, all when we're, when we're conversing, we're changing our realities and our when, and we're exchanging ideology, and we're all expanding our minds in doing so. It's the golden mean ratio once again: three, six, and nine. The expansion, contraction. The universe itself, when it exploded 
into being. It did the same thing as the heart pump. It came from the heart and it exploded into the universe. And then the universe is expanding, 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 expanding. And all of this knowledge that is gaining from this expansion. And then at some point they say it's going to stop and it's going to contract back on itself like the heart beating or the brain thinking or your lungs breathing. And it's going to collapse all of that information into itself again. And then what is it going to do? It's going to then go and come back out again and go all the way out and then all the way in. The entire universe works on the golden mean ratio. Scientists know that that's what's happening. And they predicted that, that that's what's happening. And that's another thing that was there in the universe for us to see that corroborates everything else that's happening. All animals live the same way. They have hearts. They have lungs on this planet, at least. Right? So we all have that creation within us, and we're recreating over and over. The cycle of life is that same creation. Cycle of life and death, the cycle of the planet itself every single day, every single year. Those are the same cycles that happen. And they're cyclical. They happen over and over in a contained space, a contained thing. Do you understand? And it's air for us to see everywhere. That's why going back to what what um, what Aaron said, I was going to give you that analogy, and then got caught on what somebody else said here, where he talked about this this uh, this Sufi guru who was trying to uh, learn how to to awaken and how to uh, uh, you know be present in the now, uh, learning for decades, reading every book that he could find, and then one day he woke up and he actually woke up. He took all the books that he had for his whole life and he put them out in the front lawn and burned them. Because when you do wake up and you do understand what's happening, it's so obvious to you because it's in everything you see, everything you hear, everything you read, everything you watch, everything you look at. The answer to what you need to learn is there for you to see. All of us. We just have to see it. Once you see it, it becomes like uh, childlike to you. You go, really? Wow. That was there the whole time. And you look around and it's and you see it. And then you see the matrix with the zeros and the ones and the ones and the zeros. Do you see? That's what's crazy. And I, and, and I can't say that enough. I say this every time I get going down this road and I end up talking about this, but it's because it's the truth, Right. And, you know, I remember when everybody thought the, um, what's his name, that comedian who was in the mask and Dumb and Dumber, and I can't think of his name right now. So I don't know why. I was just, uh, I just watched one of his videos yesterday and I can see his face and I just can't think of his name. So if you guys can think of his name, throw it up there for me, please. Um, everybody thought he was crazy, right? He's gotten weird, man. I remember back when he was married to, uh, um, what's his name's wife now, the, the, um, uh, See, I don't know why I'm drawing blanks on names. Probably because I'm I'm in the spiritual head now. I'm in my spiritual mind, not in my my uh, you know star mind. But Donnie Wahlberg's wife is Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy used to be married to him, um, the comedian, and I can't think of his name right now. I'll get there in a second. It'll I'll open that file in my brain and I'll spit it out. And um, thank you, Jim Carrey. Thank you, Debbie. Jim Carrey. And they were married. And I remember him talking and he kept saying about the universe, uh, the universe this or the universe that. And his spiritual ideology was not a religion. And I remember that because I was already at that point in my life as well. And I thought, well, that's that's something novel. And then people were saying, man, he's gotten real weird and he said some crazy shit and I think he's lost his fucking mind. 
right? And everybody kind of, you know, he kind of dropped off the the charts there and he ended up, uh, I don't know what happened between him and Jenny McCarthy, but they ended up splitting up and, and she ended up with, with uh, Donnie and now they're married. And then, then somebody said to hear, listen to him rant and rave at this um, college. He, he gave a speech for the graduation or I'm sorry, it was a high school, I think. No, it doesn't matter, but it was just, it was a high school or college. And he was up on stage and he had painted this picture and they were like, oh my God, he's tripping. He has this crazy abstract thing that he painted. And now he's up there talking about something and we don't even understand him. And he's crazy. He's out of his mind. We think he's on drugs. And I turned it on. I watched it and I went, wow, he's like super awake. <laughs> wow. These people don't understand him. That's what the problem is, right? Some say Jim Carrey is playing Biden now. You mean like in a movie or or you mean like he, he's... I'm not sure what you what you mean, uh, Cheryl. Let me tell me tell me what you mean by that. Some say Jim Carrey is playing Biden now, meaning meaning he's playing playing Biden, uh, you know, like freak, you know, like tripping a uh, you know uh, uh, tripping him out or whatever. Or do you mean like playing Joe Biden in a movie? Tell me what you what you mean by that, please. So, and then I watched a couple of his videos where he's was actually speaking about spirituality, and um, some of the people in the crowd weren't weren't getting what he was saying. And I, I listened to what he said, and I'm like, wow, that's what I sound like? <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. And then and then it was funny because right after I had done that, right, right after I'd done that, right, oh, I'm sorry, she said, yeah, uh, slave says, ha-ha, yeah, he, he gave the former president the big L, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, right, okay, so, so, um, he, he was talking and people, you know, said that. And I thought, wow, is that what I sound like? I, I guess I kind of sound a little crazy. Then the next day, literally a friend of mine the next day said, I was watching this guy in this video. You should check it out. And he, uh, and he uh, it was, no, it was, yeah, probably on Saturday Night Live, Debbie, right? Yeah. So uh, the, this guy was talking and um, he had pretty much everything right. But then he was saying a few things that I thought to myself, wow, man, he might be out there a little ways. She says, then it downed on me for, I listened to it and I went, wait a minute. That's what I sound like, isn't it? And so, so she had the same experience and shared it with me. And I laughed because I had just had that same experience where somebody said something and then you went, uh, okay, they might be a little out there. And then you realize most of these people don't understand what they're saying. And, and then you start to question yourself. Well, what if, what if I actually don't understand what this guy is saying? And he actually knows more than I do. He's more awake. And then you ponder that. And then you go, oh my God, that's what I sound like to other people who don't know what I know. And some people listen to me, and I know that they do because I have people commenting. They listen to me, and they go, "Bro, I, you're you're an idiot, and you don't know anything." And those are people who are completely don't even realize that they're awake. They're not even awake. They're not even present, right? And some of them are starting to wake up, but their ego is still in charge, right? And so because they still have that ego, now some something about what I say bruises their ego, and then they get mad. Well, you can't possibly know more than I do, so I think you're an idiot. That's a person who is way, way too stuck in their own minds and their own heads and thinks that they're, they know everything because the first thing you realize if you start to wake up is that I don't know a damn thing. What I think I know right now is nothing, nothing compared to what I will gain in the universe over time because I can't possibly in this reality know anything other than what this reality can give to me. It's designed that way. Oh, right. That's funny. Cheryl says when Biden fell three times on the stairs, 
trying to go into the plane that she's definitely she saw Jim Carrey in her mind's eye, right? Like, like Carrey would be that would be what he would do, right? If he's playing the part that because he's he's very funny that way. I agree. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Jim Carrey definitely tapping into uh, infinite pool of energy, absolutely. And he in the you know he's only has a few videos out there that I've seen. I'm gonna look. Uh, he was actually on Eckhart Tolle's channel, uh, and I was like, oh wow, I didn't know Jim Carrey was here. And he's got like three or four videos there, so I'm gonna see if he did it after that as well, because I'm sure he did. But for some reason, Eckhart really wanted he, what he had to say to be out there, so he put him uh, a few years back on his channel. Uh, he's got about three or four. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Eckhart Tolle and, you know, I hear people tell me, well, he's like eighties. I'm like, what? So philosophical, so philosophic thinking, spiritual thinking from the eighties is somehow passe now. So that would be like, what? Oh, the, the, the Jesus was 2000 years ago. So should I listen to the teachings of Jesus and go, that was so year one. <laughs> that, was, that was so year 32. <laughs> that was so zero three, two, bro. Right after Jesus died, for crying out loud. That's so old, we don't need to listen to that anymore. There's new stuff. What? Come on, man. Now I'm sounding like Joe Biden. Come on, man. Right? So, yeah. So, I so I admire Jim Carrey, and I and I wanted to, to say that because, I, you know, some people have said, I think he's, he's crazy. Well, they will be saying that about me, too, because I'm not too far behind him. He's a few years ahead of me. Right? And I've noticed that it stays that way. You don't really get to jump ahead too fast. There's a there's a, a definite set timeline that you have to go through. I know this because people around me um, that I've been going through and I've noticed where they were. And we admit that to each other. We talk about it, right? We talk about that all the time. Like like Bill Van Horn. He's like two years ahead of me, two years more advanced than I am spiritually. And we've been mirroring each other in the time that we've known each other for the last seven or eight, ten years we've known each other, right? And, and he's always been a couple of years ahead of me. And I remember thinking he was crazy. I did. I was like, oh, man. And the whole group of us were like, he's lost it. I don't know what's going on. Well, he didn't. He just went through what we all go through when our mind expands and our consciousness expands to understand that I am the one. <laughs> and some people get stuck on that. And they're like, I am God. I am God. I am the Savior. And they get this God complex because they've gotten there, but their ego is still intact. Right? And we need to get past that. We need to get humility and be humble and get past that thought because, yeah, but so is everybody else, dude. Nobody's poor. You know what I'm saying? So who cares, right? If somebody goes, hey, you know that I'm God? Yeah, so am I. Nice to know you, right? I'm looking at you. You're looking at me, and we are the same. We are the one. Yeah, right? So get past the ego of I'm something special, <laughs> right? You got to let the ego go, and the ego dies, and that's one of the things that is that is happening now. The transition that we are going through now is that the ego, which was something that we needed as a society, there's still some people that are coming in fresh and brand new as a baby pup, right? So their ego is not going to go away yet. So there's never going to be 100% of all of us jacking out of here at the same time because everybody's in a different place. However, what is uh, uh, um, for the mass of this people, we, we are now transitioning from the ego-driven mind into the non-ego. The ego is dying in all of us, and it is going away. It's not dying, but it's going away. It's becoming less useful, and eventually, for most of us, and quickly, is becoming completely useless. That is the transition that happens at this point in the transitional phase of the human existence. So what we have is all these evil people that are trying to continue to control your ego and keep you in that mindset of ego 
as long as they can because they can keep you enslaved here. Do you see? They can keep you here to where you don't graduate because you don't get past that point. If you don't do it, you don't do it. And that's the part of the mind wiping and the part of the of you know what's going on. But is it a is it you know are we a penal colony? Well, in a sense, yes, we are. So all of these realities that people say are in a sense true, but they're only true if you want them to be. Right. That's exactly it. Hey, you are the one. I am the one. Yeah. Right. So when somebody goes, dude, I'm the one. Yeah. So am I. <laughs> nice to know you. <laughs> right. Yes. And Cheryl, I love that. Let me be big enough to remain small. Contemplate what Cheryl just said there. Let me be big enough to remain small. And that right there is, is the death of the ego. If you can understand that and live it, then you diminish your ego. Every time you become humble and stay that way, you diminish your ego. When somebody says something about you and, and you know, you face it and say, maybe they're right about it. Maybe I did do that. Maybe I was like that. If you can admit that about yourself, that diminishes your ego, no matter what it is. And sometimes you'll find that that's not true. What someone claimed about you wasn't true. That was them trying to wound your ego. And that's usually what happens in every argument that you have. Any argument that you have with somebody, when egos get bruised, then it becomes a battle of bruising egos. Now you're no longer an adult, and you're just saying evil shit that you hope hurts their ego and pulls them down further into that diminished place that you feel like you're in now because of what they said to you. Well, I'm going to get you now because you just did that to me. And that just is an evil cycle that doesn't help either party. That's why when people say don't ever argue with a drunk because people won't be able to tell the difference. Don't argue with a stupid person because people won't know the difference, right? When you engage in an argument with someone, the, the act of engaging in their argument is leaving your, your now presence and moving back into the ego mind. Do you understand? Otherwise, none of those words would mean anything to you. They'd roll off of you. Somebody calls you all kinds of names. You just, I am not any of that. So those words don't bother me because I don't have that ego that that takes those words you're saying and turns them into feeling or or harms me in some way, right? Yeah, right. So yeah, rudeness. Slaves says yes. Rudeness definitely a low form of communication. Do you understand? So. Just our speaking is kind of a low form of communication in and of itself, right? And and so, but it's the one that we have here. We also have a telepathic, but it's not as good because we don't use that as much, right? We we have convinced ourselves we don't have that. And that's part of our awakening as well is to is to get out of our own heads and start, you know, paying attention to other things. Life becomes more easy or easier, a lot more easy, a lot easier once you stop being ruled by the ego, because then you don't get like offended when somebody says something to you. It's just a word, man. They have the problem because they're using that word, whatever those words are, to be mean to you. They're trying to say something that they know would make them angry. They're using their own ego and projecting it onto you. So they're projecting that which is in themselves that they need to change by saying negative things to you and yelling at you and saying negative things about you, assuming you're saying them about me. And I know you say this and you're doing that. That's, that's what you would be doing to them. So it's, so that argument is a reflection of what is going on in their mind. Their ego is telling them that 
because that would be what they would be doing in the position of that person. Right? So that's why I don't argue with people. That guy came in and trolled at the beginning of the show. I didn't argue with him. I just I read what he said and then said, look, that's rude that you use those words. You're yelling. There's no reason for that. It's funny that you did all the laughy faces and stuff down below. But the but the you know the coming in and typing in all all capital letters just to troll is stupid, useless. I give you no power. And he disappeared and didn't say anything more. Why? Right? Because I, I diminished his ego. I'm not fighting you. I'll just I'll just delete you eventually. Once you become annoying to the crowd, I'll go bloop and you'll be gone. And if that's all you have, I said that to him. If that's all you have in your ego is to go to different rooms where they're live and poo-poo all over their shit, like you happen to be for some reason thinking that you're the know-it-all of all creation. That's your ego again. And you have to bruise everyone else's ego to prove that you're better than them. So you come in, this is all bullshit. <laughs> You're all bullshit. You're bullshit. You're bullshit. That guy said that, and then he probably wasn't even there for my whole spiel back to him. He's probably gone right after that. Hit and run, laughing the whole time. I got them. I told them. Ha, ha, ha. And the only way that works is that his ego, again, he has to be in his ego mind now. He came in, dumped it, and ran. He has no idea what was said back to him, so he can make up a little story in his head how he just ruled that room. And he'll even tell himself that. Maybe even tell his friends that. Right, And then he'll boast about it. Well, what did they say back? Nothing, man. They just got quiet, dude. He can say anything that he wants to make himself look good. That's egoic. So <clears throat> the purpose, one of the biggest purposes that we have and where we are as a species now is getting past that ego. And that's a, that's a big hurdle. It's not easy. I, 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 I don't tend to say that I'm completely without that and I can't be um, goaded into that. I'm still here, <laughs> right? So I'm a work in progress every day, but I try to remind myself that there is, is egoic thinking. Get out of that. Get out of your own head. Your reality is in your way. So we haven't forgotten about that. I promised that we were going to do that webinar. I just haven't set a date, but I will soon, and I'll get that out to you guys in memes so that you guys understand that we're still doing webinars, uh, and I'm going to continue to do one a month. And we may not do big ones. Um, I think these these really big ones are kind of pointless. Nobody's going to sit around for eight hours, 12 hours a day for seven, eight days in a row to watch all that stuff, right? So that's kind of a waste of time. And physically, I can't do it. Um, physically, I can't do it. So I won't. I've done a few and, and was like, yeah, I can't continue to do these. Like, Ed, like what's his name? Edgar Casey. Um, that takes a toll on my body. Doing what I do now takes a toll on me. I put a lot of energy into this in a way that most of you will probably never know, right? Some people have sensed it when when they listen to me talk, and, and some people are, uh, do get it. But I put energy out there that is not just my words, that is not just the things you're seeing on the screen, and that use and I'm using energy from the universe. But because of what I'm doing, uh, and I'm fighting the the fight the way I am, that takes a toll. There's always nothing is for free. Right, nothing is for free. So as I sit here talking to you, I'm I'm having problems with my with my body uh, that are paying for the energy that I'm pushing to you. Right. <laughs> Cheryl said, I, "I wish I was your next door neighbor." <clears throat> I know, right? We'd have a lot of good conversations, sit around, and maybe smoke a bowl, and and and, uh, and really go right. Get in, get into our get into our our analytical. Uh, uh, head and and really go from there. I mean, because that frees everything else. You know what I mean? And people are like, oh my God, you're talking about doing, you know, anybody who's never uh, smoked pot before, it, it allows you to 
that's why people do it. And that's why a lot of the drugs or psychedelic drugs are people do because it allows you to get to a place, right? It allows you to get to a place in your head to where you can push everything out, right? And you can, yeah, right? <laughs> Fire out back, talk all night, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? Chill in, have a couple of drinks, you know, and, and a couple of smoke, a couple of bowls, sitting in the fire around the fire and just talk, go. Um, best conversation I ever had in my life was with a with a um, taxi driver. And uh, I was going about seven to 12 miles. I don't remember the exact distance. Uh, and he was this old guy. He was older than I am now. And at the time I was 20, 21, maybe. Uh, and, and I had my car was in the shop. So I took a cab and I was coming home from work and I took a cab and it was at night. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And this old guy started talking to me and I started talking to him and he was very awake. Um, by the time the trip was over, he actually said to me, this is the, one of the greatest conversations I've had in my life. I said, this is the greatest conversation I've ever had with another human being. And, and he said, you're far too young to know what you know. And I would love to meet you when you're my age. He says, but unfortunately, by the time you're my age, I'll be either 85 or dead. <laughs> he says, so the chances, I said, that's okay. We'll meet later. And he looked at me and he said, that's what I'm talking about with you, right? And he says, you're absolutely right. I said, we'll meet later and we'll have long conversations. Well, thank you for that. I, I try to keep my energy, like, you know, uh, Slave said, your energy is top notch. I Thank you. I try to, I try to do that. Um, I push that, I, you know, on purpose, right? So there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot that I do. Um, and I'm not saying that just because I'm trying to get, you know, your guys' sympathy. I'm just saying that if I were capable of doing, you know, eight hour shows, I might, but um, I don't know that people want to last that long. Shit. I'm here for two hours now and in 24 minutes. And, and uh, I'll bet the, the same people that are in the audience right now, there's only two of you that I can see that we're here in the beginning. <laughs> right. So that's my point. The longer you go on, the, the more people just, they, they tune out, man. There's no, there's, you know, Okay, this is I'm you know crazy. Um, you're, oh, see, Cheryl, I know that you're 72. I'm I'm 53. I'm maybe 54 in September, right? And um, and my mother is 77. I'm her caregiver. But yeah, I would sit around and talk, man. When I was younger, there was a guy who was retired, and my mother cut his wife's hair, and he was worked at the military base that was right, literally the town I lived in was there because of the military base, and he taught hand to hand combat on the military base. And he also uh, was on a um, security, pretty high security for the military base, uh, like head of security. So he knew everything that was going on. So he would talk to me. I would go to my mom's shop in the morning. I rode halfway with her at, in the morning. And then I took a bus from there to my job. So I would sit at her shop until, you know, like an hour or so. And then I would get up and go and take the bus and get myself to work because I worked like a 10 to 7 or a 10 to 8 um, shift. I was working at a restaurant and then I would take the bus home from the restaurant all the way home until I got my motorcycle. And then I was just you know, riding back and forth. So, but in the main, in the interim, I would sit and listen to this guy talk whenever he came in it was, you know, once a week or so, or once a month. And he would talk to me the whole time and I would listen to him and he would tell me all this stuff, all this stuff, man, that you don't know, you're not supposed to know about what's going on in that military base. Um, but he was, he was telling me all this. And um, at one point he said to my mom, you know, your son is a very good listener. Um, because he's actually getting what I'm saying and paying attention to everything and even asking me questions. He's not just sitting here letting the old man speak and not taking him serious. And I said, that's just who I am. And he said, never lose that. So I try not to. That's why I listen to what you guys say and I answer your questions and you know what I mean? 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, slaves said, uh, "Bon appetit." Yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah, this boss. Don't don't forget your mom, right? Don't forget your mom, though. Yeah, let's see. Agreed. So we're getting later. I'm gonna have to get off here soon because I'm gonna have to cook her dinner. Um. So. Right. So um. So slaves said, "Hi, I'm 50." Okay, that's cool. Right. Good to know. You're just right. You're just right there. Um. You know, when I turned 50, real quick, and then I will get off here. And I turned 50, and the reason I say this is because you're 50 now. When I turned 50, my good friend who turned 50 about three months before I did, he said to me, welcome to the first day of your 50s. <laughs> so I don't know when your birthday was, slaves, but welcome to the first first day or first year of your 50s, right? Um, of your 50-somethings. Um, but I don't feel any difference. But my, my brother's wife, my sister-in-law, just turned 50, like, like a, a week and a half ago or so now, two weeks ago. That was about a month ago. And um, no, no, it wasn't. It was just uh, just uh, two weeks ago. And so I immediately went on her Facebook page and said, welcome to the first day of your 50-somethings, right? And then I saw her right after that, like three days later. And I, I said, did you get what I said? She goes, yeah. I said, and I told her the story. And I said, so I passed it on to you. I said, so you got to pass it on to any of your family or friends. When they turn 50, you got to go, welcome to the first day of your 50s, right? <laughs> yeah, cheers. Okay. So uh, I'm going to write down, we only went four minutes in. So I, I think I went there six minutes in. I think next week we will, I'll just back it up and I'll just play that six minutes instead of talking through it. I'll play that six minutes to get us back to where we are so that anybody who, who, cause it was kind of shoddy right? in the beginning, we we're having some issues. And so I feel that it's necessary to start back and come forward. We'll do that. Um, and then we'll continue doing what we're doing and talk away. We talk and I, and, and, and you know, and, and I tell people this, and I'm going to say this to you guys, uh, because when you guys get here, even if I don't play this very much, if that annoys you, then I tell people go somewhere else. But if you found this and you found me talking, there's a reason for it. You were supposed to be here because you were supposed to be part of this conversation, right? If it is, if it is only for you, then I strive and hope that I give you some messages that, that, help you. And, and if not, then I, I strive that there's something that you will say that will be for me. Because the truth is, if you've read the law of one, every experience is a learn, teach, teach, learn experience. So I hope that I learn from you guys. That's why I like to go live because then I can, I can talk to you guys and you guys can say things. And sometimes that makes me go, wow, wait a minute. What? That's great. What did you just say? Just like earlier, I wrote down, you know, the, that, that name, the Philip uh, H, uh, um, um, whatever it was, um, uh, carped or whatever. I'm going to look that up. See that, that right there is going to lead me down somewhere. So I'm going to learn right from slaves. I'm going to learn from you, bro, because you, in, you said, here, check out this. And now I'm going to do that. Right. So I hope that some of the things that I said might have inspired in your mind, uh, a response to what you just gave me. You gave me the presence of that teaching to look and who knows where that will lead me. So I hope that by the, some of the words that I've said to you, I have repaid that in, in some way in your mind that, that you learned as much as you taught me so that we're learn teaching and teach learning uh, at the same time. And that's what this is about. The only way we're all going to get out of here is that we all have to figure out what's going on in this panic room and then go to the next door and the next door and open everything up. And that's, that's the, the unlocking of the doors that the band, the doors were talking about. Right. And some of the going back to smoking marijuana or doing some of the psychedelics, some of these drugs allow you to open some of these doors. And it makes it easier for you then to open other doors because you don't have to focus on those doors. And, and during the 60s, they were using the drugs as a tool to open the doors 
in their mind. That's peeling back the onion, the layer of who am I, who, what we are. And now we're achieving it without those drugs. But even though we are, some of us are still doing psychedelics, and that's allowing us to open up yet another level of doors that they didn't reach, some of them maybe in the 60s. Do you see? And because we're, we're another part of a, another, another evolution of the humor, a constantly an ongoing evolution. We hopefully learn from our past. This is why I said before, it's important to find our past because they went through a lot and got to a certain place. If we can see that, it takes us not all of the lifetime it took them to get there. And then we can devote our lifetime to expand on that and get there faster. And then we can only hope that our children, when they grow up, they don't have to go all the way back to what the people were doing at Machu Picchu and come forward, that they can start where we're at and they can go forward from here, right? So the hope of the teacher is that we become obsolete. That was also in Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens, when Yoda said that to Luke. The biggest fear of the teacher is that the student no longer needs us. But that is, in fact, what we strive to teach. So that the student learns from us, and then we learn from the student because the student no longer needs us. So we accelerate their learning process by hopefully conveying to them that which took us a whole lifetime to learn so they can learn that whole lifetime that we learned in, say, 10 years. And then they can do the same, strive to take that forward and teach someone until they're learning from that someone and they learn teach from each other. And that the student becomes the teacher and the teacher then becomes the student and you continue to learn. Otherwise, you become stagnant and then you just sit there never learning anything. Right? <laughs> Cheryl says, I never learned anything until I began to teach it. Correct. I'm the same way. I didn't really learn. I, I knew stuff, but until I started speaking about that stuff and trying to teach it was the only way I expanded my mind. Absolutely. Agreed. That's a beautiful saying. Again, another perfect uh, saying. Very deep. I never learned anything until I began to teach it. That's great. We'll leave with that. That was a great quote to leave on. All right, guys. I love all of you guys. I went on for an hour and a half longer than I thought I was going to. I wasn't planning on it. Um, but it was my first day back for two weeks. Been gone for 14 days. Oh, well, unless you count Orion Rising News that I did on Tuesday. <laughs> right? And if you listen to that, man, know that there's no holes barred 3D reality in your face politics. Right? And if you're a Democrat, you're going to hate me. And if you're a Republican, you're going to hate me. If you're an independent, you're going to hate me. If you're an abolitionist, you're going to go, I think that guy might be an abolitionist. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. So I love you guys all. Share this out. I'll be back next Friday to continue with this. We'll keep doing the, the alien interview until we get that one done. And then I'm going to go on to other things. Uh, again, I might start doing the, the stuff from the Czech Republic. I may even pick that up on an alternate day. Uh, if not, I will still continue with Friday. We'll still continue to be spiritual and that will encompass aliens as well. Because as you know, if you're, if you've gone down that road far enough, you understand spirituality, aliens, all of that are all, it's all, it's all one. It's all the same. Right? They're just a different reflection of us. They just have technology that we don't have. They are us in a 3D reality doing the same thing that we're doing here on this planet. They're just doing it somewhere else, and they might even be flying here. 
They're just neighbors. No difference than went back in, in, you know, in the day when nobody came to America yet. We didn't discover America. There was people living here. So when we got here, all of a sudden there was aliens. Oh, where are these people? And of course, the Europeans being arrogant, well, they must be our slaves. <laughs> and they must be inferior to us because we are in our ego mind. That was the time period of this earth when we were egoic. And, and now we're going into a utopian time period, right? The, the you know this is the age of Aquarius. We're going into the the Bakhtun thirteen, which is think about that now six three six and nine. What did I say before? Three six nine twelve. You become the thirteen or the one. Do you understand? That's twelve plus one, is thirteen. Twelve plus the one becomes thirteen. The center of the clock who controls the hands. And what are the hands pointing at? The twelve apostles. And who is the twelve? Who is the thirteenth apostle? The one, Jesus. And what did Jesus say? He was the one. What did he say? The way to God is through me. What did Thoth say? The way to God is through the one, the center. And what is that? That's the heart. That's the creation. That's love. The way to the one is through love. That is the logos. The logos is the word of God. The word of God is love. The creation is love. Do you see? So that's why you hear in some some cultures the number 13 is the perfect number. It's the God number because it is 12 plus 1 is 13. It is the one controlling, the one ring that controls them all. That's a Tolkien reference. Now my phone's ringing. That's my family. So I'll get off here and then converse with my brother about spirituality for the next hour. <laughs> I love you all. Have a great night. Namaste.